we will start with this. So get ready. What kind of disgusting, despicable lack of respect is that Billy What's-His-Name show booking a match for the total package Lex Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle run? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this. God. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me against Ryan Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Oh, you see that, Brother Lex? Listen, everybody. We've all made mistakes. You're about to make a big one if you don't listen to get some color. We've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. Shake my hand right now. Make the contract happen. Watch get some color. Dig it. <laughs> Guys, what? Oh, well, yeah, dig it. Listen to it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, Through the, the radio waves. Uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, I actually caught up to date on all the recordings, audio-wise. From here on out, this is how it's going to be happening as far as uh, uh, letting the show out. So audio is always going to come out first because that's the fucking easiest thing ever to do. Uh, Video-wise, I have something up my sleeve where, you know, when we're talking about shit in the, the actual episode... I found a way that I could clip it without fucking the copyright thing going, wee woo, wee woo, you fucked up. Now you got to pay us money or block your video. You fucked uh, up. You, you fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> so we're uh, just be aware of that. That audio will always be first, but you could always catch a video of us, our beautiful faces uh, on Twitch, on Big Trouble Archives, uh, and then also getting some color on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, we are going to be raw dogging it like usual. Uh, we're doing WWF Raw October 18th and 25th of 1993. Boy, boy, these, these episodes are pretty funny. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. And and at the end, uh, we will be giving, you know, kind of like short, like highlights of the uh, full full gear. Was it full gear? Mm-hmm. Okay, full gear and uh, Survivor Series War Games. Uh, and we'll get into that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's start off on October 18th, 1993. We're at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in P- Poughkeepsie. I think that's upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, uh, Bobby Heenan uh, on commentating. And before we get into that, what is up with like Vince doing these fucking hot ass intros? Like we got the uh, Razor Ramon and fucking uh, the model Rick Martel when they were doing the Intercontinental Championship match, and now we got <laughs> the Summit where where it's all the presidents like John F. Kennedy and uh, I forgot which Russian president. Khrushchev. Khrushchev, yeah, Khrushchev, yeah. Khrushchev, and then Reagan and Gorbachev, uh, whatever his name Gorbachev. is. Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Check tear down these walls. walls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he started comparing this Randy Savage and Crush Summit to like Reagan and Gorbachev and shit. And I started it, laughing. It literally was three different eras of the Cold War. <laughs> yeah. 
He, he compared it to the fucking Cold War. And he's like, this is the Cold War. Crush it, Randy Savage. Crush is Hawaiian. So. Brother. <laughs> Brother. It's, it's about the cold, the cold War of the personalities in the, the World Wrestling Federation. Brother, yeah. it's too late. I don't want to talk, brother. <laughs> We're going to get to Brother's promo. Yeah. We'll get there. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> So they, the hosts run down the episode talking about the Tonka because he's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. The Steiners are here to wrestle tonight. Uh, and obviously they're talking about the Summit. Savage is fucking pissed. He's like, fuck you, can Vince McMahon fucking agitating a new Bobby Heenan. Like he attacked both Sick of them. Sick of all these agitators and instigators. Yeah. I've added up to here. He didn't want, he didn't want to fucking take anybody's guff tonight. I like that though because it meant he was like serious. He didn't, he wasn't joking around as much like he usually was. Yeah. Uh, but we get into the first match: uh, the Steiners uh, versus P.J. Walker and Tony DeVito. Actually, I, I, that was that was Corey Student. They called him P.J. Walker, but they corrected themselves later. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. Oh. They, so I, so much of a of a jobber they. I got the wrong jobber name. But I was like, that's not PJ Walker. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm familiar with enough of these guys. Some of these guys are just regular jobbers for them. And I'm like, and then it's like, oh, it's Corey Student. I'm like, the student of the game is back. Corey Student. <laughs> so, I, I got a question for you guys. This is to the point where they're not giving a fuck anymore, right? Because the Steiners look pissed. Uh, and then you have fucking uh, Scott Steiner. Like, <laughs> like, like Macho Man! This is for you, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think Scott shows it a lot more than Rick does. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's just going in there and just trying to do crazy shit. Yeah. Like, they're just beating the fuck out of these guys. And, you know, Rick hits Steiner lines and shit. And they're, they're tossing them around like rag dolls. But Scott gets fucking, I forget which one of them up. I think it was Tony DeVito. He's like, this one's for you, brother. And he does a Steiner screwdriver. And I, I don't know. I think that's like the first time he did it or something. Yeah, Bobby Heenan is like, whoa. <laughs> like, what did he just killed him? Yeah. yeah it looked like and he's it. like, oh, it's over. And then he just rolls him over and is like, come on. Like, that's the best part is it's that double squash. Like, they, they don't squash a team and just do end it. They actually do two individual squashes. Separately. Dude, I I died laughing when Scott Steiner dragged the dude over to the other guy and tagged him. And the other guy's like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> uh shit. I guess I get in. Oh that's my what, god. That's why I was like, this is when the genetic freak starts to go wild a little bit. It's coming out. It's lurking in there somewhere. I, I kinda liked it because like yeah, I even before I like the Steiners, but like there's more personality to it. It's not just like all oh, these Michigan boys are here and you know they're wrecking havoc. They hit the Frankensteiner and, and boom, go home. This was like fuck yeah, baby, <laughs> I'm Scott Steiner. I'm gonna fucking ruin you. I, that, I, that's the, really the I think the biggest problem. This is me speculating just based on interviews and stuff they've done too. But I think that was their biggest problem with WWF is that. This is like the prime era. Like we're we're running right into everyone has to be a specific character. Like we're right on the the cusp of the occupational era where everyone has a job. Yeah, they they already had the fucking baseball dude. I forgot his name. MVP. Dude, the dumpster Rose is coming up like uh-huh. very soon. Yeah, so we're we're getting all these like characters, 
And that the way they have the Steiners, even though the Stein like Scott is still somewhat young, but Rick is clearly not a college graduate of wrestling. <laughs> like they, they're treating them like they're fresh out of Michigan University from wrestling. No, Rick Steiner is in his fucking thirties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rick Steiner's very clearly in his his mid thirties. Like he is he is a fucking man. He is he didn't get out of college and go, Oh, I'm just happy to be here. And they got that bland like college uh, university esque music. It it doesn't fit the character they want to be because they just want to be these hard hitting badasses. Yeah, which is what they were at WCW. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what they want to be. Yeah, so I mean, and that's that's what there's like a point of contention there, and I mean nothing more says that than the Survivor Series lineup they go with. Um, which boy, I'm excited to talk about about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. But um. I mean, obviously, uh, Rick Steiner, by the way, I love when he... And then fucking Vince McMahon started to be like... (laughs) He started doing it. (laughs) I died on that, but his fucking clotheslines are sick. There was one clothesline. I was like, he fucking... He's dead. Rick, like, he jumps into his clothesline, and it's like you just bounce off of him when when he hits you. It it looks like he just levels a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. But they hit the uh, doomsday. Uh, I almost said bullfrog, bulldog for the uh, for the bullfrog. win. Yeah, <laughs> doomsday bullfrog. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Steiner doomsday advice. I call it because yeah, they bulldog them I mean, like the road warriors who just clothesline you. And I mean, you'll however you land, you're gonna fucking land. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna fucking hurt. <laughs> you're not getting up. But yeah, but this was this was a nice nice healthy squash. This was a fun one, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> I, I like this thing where, like, uh, like right after that, they go and Vince is talking about how Shawn Michaels was suspended, and they're doing this poll with fans to decide to, if, <laughs> if they'll reinstate Shawn or not. And it's like a 900 number. Oh, yeah, the not- old – it's the old school. Like, there are two different numbers you can call. Like, one yeah. is yes and one is no. And it's like 99 cents per call. So I don't know if there's like additional charges for you. So I guess it's just you vote yes or no, and they, they got a dollar from you. Bobby Heenan did 45 of them. He, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Berg and Diesel like plead their cases for like whether or not you should vote yes or no. And it's funny because they're just like arguing. They're like talking over each other. He's like, Diesel's like, listen, Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler ever. And Mr. Berg was like, I don't care. He's not the greatest wrestler ever. He, he failed to. Uh, meet his contractual obligations for being an intercontinental champion. They start talking over each other. Diesel's like, listen, it's like going to the, the museum and not being able to see the Mona Lisa. He, he's like, hey, he paid me really well. <laughs> but the, the whole thing about this I love the most is that, like, Sean is, like, suspended for real, but Vince made up this, like, bullshit thing to make money off of it. Yeah. Like, easy money. I kind of wish they, like, obviously we have new technology, so it's not like all you have is the phones to, like, do the vote. You could always do, like, polls or, like, Twitter polls and all that stuff. I kind of want this back where someone (laughs) gets suspended and they do, like, this campaign message, like, vote yes because, you know, he deserves to be back. Why doesn't Tony Khan open up a fucking 900 number hotline 
to hear directly from the AEW fans whether or not he should reinstate CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy. Just talk to Elon Musk and make a Twitter poll. No, you gotta make the you gotta make the money off the people calling. You get you get all these dumbass nerds that want to like give their opinion and shit, and you charge them for however much time they they spend talking to like whatever fucking crisis yeah. counselor they have. Nah, not a big brain play. You gotta you have to be subscribed with one of the verified check marks on Twitter. So you make a deal with Elon, <laughs> you got to pay the eight dollars so that you can you can go on and and vote. Why not so the, both? I got big. Both? I got a bigger brain thing. What's the uh, big brain? Dude, t-shirts. One that says yes, and one that says no. <laughs> the they do a t-shirt roll call for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I voted yes for CM Punk. You know, I, I feel like if we're going that far, we might as well just bring back Taboo Tuesday. Oh my god! <laughs> like I want live, true voting on match stipulations, and none of that shit where it's like, oh, we've already decided. No, I I want coal miner's glove for nineteen ninety two Halloween havoc. Spin the wheel, make a deal, but the, the fans vote it, and you just gotta want, go with whatever the fuck they pick. I want the coal miner's glove elimination chamber reverse battle royal. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so you start in the ring, and you got to throw them into the elimination chamber cages. Yeah, you got to throw you got to throw somebody into a chamber, but only after you get the coal miner's glove are you allowed to throw them into the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, what well, what I think we should do is we should blindfold six wrestlers and put them all in elimination chamber uh, chambers, <laughs> and then have two other guys wrestle. And they they have to wrestle, and above the ring are a set of keys. And the keys open up one of the cages, and they have to go in and get into the cages. Um, But one of the guys that they have to find is greased up. And if they find the guy that's greased, then they win. I fucked up. The the people in the ring are blindfolded. The, The people in the cages aren't. So uh, that's an important detail. So blindfolded ladder match to get the keys in an elimination chamber to then open up and find the greased up guy in the cage. Yep. Okay. Dante's Inferno. All right. Um, <laughs> what? The ring. The the ring is lit, lit on fire like an inferno match. Uh, but then we do TNA reverse rumble <laughs> where you're on the outside and you gotta throw your opponents into the ring. Through the fire, through the fire, (laughs) and you do feast or fired after that. Uh, Okay, everyone, uh, we do the all red match. Red lights, hell in a cell. Oh god, fiend nonsense. Lights off. Everyone, everyone, everyone has to wear all red. First blood match. No, I can't watch that. It'll hurt my eyes. (laughs) It fucking hurt my eyes when I had to watch that stupid fucking fiend shit and they were fighting in the red hell to sell that that really hurt my eyes i'm not kidding <laughs> yeah i don't i didn't like any of the the spots where they do the red because it's like you're focusing too hard on one color and i wasn't a fan of it either but anyway we, we got a little off track but yes. uh but it, that being said uh the uh the stuff going on the show it just something hilarious about it which spoilers uh all the matches were squashes, but this was still a really entertaining episode because of just all the bits in between, and then of course the the ending. Uh, uh, the Yokozuna commercial. Yeah, the racist oh. one. Yeah. 
It's not racist. Yokozuna's doing it to his own countrymen. Yeah, yeah. Just... You could you could tell Bobby Heenan did the fucking Asian voices. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might be a thing, but yeah, yeah. They did the go- they did a Godzilla spoof, but it was Yokozuna instead of Godzilla. I died mm-hmm. laughing. I was like, I thought this that is- was really. I thought that was really weird though, because he's supposed to be Japanese for as a work. Just, why is he terrorizing his own people? Mm-hmm. Strange. Mm. He's a Japanese monster. Yes. Whoosh! But it's uh, WWF unbelievable, which I kind of want to track down and watch. I I know they have uh, on YouTube the WWF radio um, stuff. Oh boy, where it has where Macho Man is fucking grilling into fucking Hulk Hogan, which he brings up later on. He grills into a little bit here too. <laughs> yeah, uh, but after that ad, uh, we get IRS versus Scott Taylor. Yeah, Dub's favorite wrestler, IRS. Erwin. Erwin R. Scheister comes out and does a tax cheat promo, a fucking lazy IRS promo, and I don't give a fuck. And then he's going up against Scott, our boy Sky Too Hotty, who refuses to wrestle women because he has principles. <laughs> <laughs> he got he he, he I, did you guys hear about that? Where it's like he kept getting asked by people trying to book him on the independence. To like, we want you to wrestle this girl, and he just said, "Listen." He just issued a blanket statement on Twitter. He was like, "I don't want to wrestle women. I don't like it. It feels weird." And I have a twenty-year-old daughter, so I don't want to like do this. And everybody just fucking roasted the fuck out of him. And it was like the basically the most like polite, neutral way he could have ever expressed that opinion, and they, they still took him to task for it. <laughs> That, you know just, I, the internet's a fucking cesspool. <laughs> you know what I would have done after all that shit? I'd be like, all right, I'll I'll wrestle her. <laughs> and just fucking squash her within fucking seconds. Well, the funny thing is, though, is Scotty was just like, uh, he, he did like the, the ultimate Chad move. He was just like, I don't need this Twitter shit. And he just deleted it. Mm. <laughs> he was just, he was that, just done. <laughs> like, he didn't care. Um, Better but, to handle it. Yeah. I there wasn't much about I mean I don't know about you guys but I, I kind of zoned out on this little squash here because I noticed when the IRS got in the ring and they're wrestling like he has no heat anymore mm-hmm. like they're yeah. not reacting to IRS at all yeah people don't care about what's going on and the moves are are somewhat basic it's just a lot of Irish whips and and clotheslines and it's just yeah it's just three minutes of filler and he sweats a lot. God damn, he sweats a lot. You need to talk <laughs> to your dad about wearing deodorant. He needs some antiperspirant. <laughs> he needs to like take a bath in antiperspirant or something. <laughs> well, we uh, got a we got a, a Stephen King uh, movie plug in today. We have Pet Cemetery on USA oh, yeah. Wednesday Night Movie. So, the squash though, another like, squash. Right after that though, came one of the highlights for this episode. The J E double F J A double R E double T. The debut promo of, of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> he's like, he's wearing this ridiculous, like, diamond encrusted fucking gold embroidered vest, and he's got like a cowboy hat with like a big fucking diamond in the middle of it. <laughs> it's just, and he's, he's like, a fucking rhinestone cowboy. 
And he's going on. It's not even rhinestone. He's a diamond cowboy. My favorite thing about Jeff Jarrett is like he's like talking about country music. He's like, I'm a country star and all that stuff. But fucking Bret Hart, (laughs) Undertaker, you're going down. The politics of Nashville are keeping me out. (laughs) They don't want to take a a local grown boy anymore. They want to transplant some fat guy from Oklahoma named Garth Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) He starts slamming Garth Brooks. (laughs) <laughs> is he called him the Pillsbury Doughboy or something? Yeah, yeah, he, he called him the Pillsbury Doughboy. He goes on about Willie Nelson on the next one. Talks about how he's this. Is early, this is the early nineties, and he sets that Willie Nelson's really a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's really funny is like I don't. I was never really into country music that much, but I was kind of. I'm kind of aware of the scene of it, and like what he's talking about though at that time was actually like relevant. He's not wrong. It's like. Every that whole scene sprang out of Nashville in Tennessee, and then it's like all of a sudden in like the early nineties, that's when like stadium country started to like form basically. Mm-hmm. And that's he was right, like all these people from like California or fucking Texas or some shit. Or Canada. Or ca- Canada. The greatest Gross. country, the the, the high the highest grossing country singer of all time is Shania Twain. She is from Canada. You're welcome. Yeah. And there, but you're right though it's it's that's like the difference between like the grand old opry being where you'd start in nashville versus uh that's where where everybody went it was like the cream of the crop uh yeah. keeping keep in theme uh that, that's where you go you go to nashville but yeah and then it became all oh, you go do sold out arenas everywhere so but i, uh, is, I just i just oh, love well. how, i just love how he like you know introduces himself because he goes like i'm double j J E double M. Then you're just like, wait a second, you're double J. You fucking me up with all these fucking letters. <laughs> um, yeah, he just keeps talking about himself a double J, and he he does it every time. It's like a sandwich, like two or three times. He'll do the the spell out every time. Yeah. I just I love the commitment that he has just kept the same character consistently for all these years, even if he's changed up how what things he says, or he's still just the same person. He just that. That prick that was in a wrestling family, but also was like, well, I have all this beautiful blonde hair, and I got the gift of country music, so I'm going to be a wrestling god and a, and a country singing legend, and have statues built all around Nashville, because everything around here is corrupt. I'll come back, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the best. <laughs> it's, it's fucking great. It's just- it is. The, the best thing about this, though, is like, yeah, how like he starts talking about how he's going to use the WWF to become a bigger star in like the country music scene. It's like, he's used like to my knowledge, is this like the first guy like on a, a national stage saying he's going to use the wrestling promotion as a springboard to like better endeavors. Like he's going <laughs> to step on wrestling, which is the best thing too, is because like in kayfabe, like the audacity of someone on their very first day to come in and say, yep, I'm I'm already the best thing ever. You, the people you have here are trash. Um, I'm gonna use your company as a as a stepping stone so I can become a great country singer. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> J E double F does apparently. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, he might be the first guy in gimmick to like do that. To my knowledge, he just yeah, straight up like wrestling's number two, brother. I'm all about the, my other my primary career. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I do. I think so. In kayfabe, I think he really is. Like, uh, which is funny. Like, it mirrors to like now how so many people do that and say, "Oh, well, I'm going to go to Hollywood." Yeah. Um, that's even reflective of like the episode of Dynamite tonight. MJF talking about the bidding war, and he's like, "You know what? Wrestling may not even win the bidding war of 24. Hollywood <laughs> might win." Like it's it's the same thing now. Like it, it's just kind of funny that 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 comes all the way back to to old J E double F J A double R E double T baby. It's great <laughs> heel shit too, especially from back then. Because oh, kayfabe, kayfabe's yeah. still around, so it's like to the fans, they're like, "This fucking guy's just coming in here and using wrestling. Fuck this guy!" <laughs> like he's immediately he's gonna have a bunch of heat when he comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people, you may not like him, and in WCW, like, they're, they're in TNA, like, okay, he has all this, he had all this pull, there's all the politics and backstage, whatever, doesn't matter if you like Jeff Jarrett or not, the guy is a fucking genius when it comes to getting heat. Yeah. He is such a smug prick. Like, it, it is so easy to hate him in character, it's which still is great. Works. Yeah, he still oh, makes yeah. it work. He, still, mm-hmm. he, get, he gets marks. He gets marks in front rows of AEW shows to get fucking mad at him. It's like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, fucking Jeff Jarrett's great. And uh, spoiler alert, he's in the next episode as well. So I can't wait to talk about that too. Well, coming uh, back to it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, next match, Tatanka versus Iron Mark, Iron Mike Sharp. Um and, Not his brother, Mark Sharp. No, no. no. Yes, uh, Iron Mike, my, one of my favorite jobbers ever. Yeah, Vince brings up the uh, tension that's happening between Tonka and and Ludwig Borga, which is funny because he's like Borga comes, he's like ah, he s- says something, and then like <laughs> fucking the Tonka is like, you don't show respect to the red, white, and blue. I'm like, that's fucking funny that a Native American is like you're not showing <laughs> respect to America. <laughs> They, the fact that they let that happen and they're like in a stairwell and he like bumps into him and he and he says something and then they let the Tonka talk. You can hear him. And it's it's one of the worst things for his character in a way because right now they don't let him ever talk. It's strictly he just goes out and fights and he does like, hey, 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 yeah. you know, all that stuff. <laughs> he talks and he starts talking and he sounds like a fucking white hick. He's like, he's like, no, don't you dare respect a red, white, blue baby. It's America. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I mean, damn it. He that's, has a little Native American. That's most legitimate Native Americans. I mean, come on. I mean, to be fair, yeah, it, it is. Like right now, that's that's what you're gonna find. But uh, but it's just funny to me that they're selling his character like he's like he walks straight out off the the the, the fucking reservation to come wrestle and, <laughs> for America. According to Bobby Heaton, he walks straight out of the casino, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There wasn't yeah. like I was like, oh boy, I'm gonna watch Iron Mike even if it's Tatanka because fuck it, because he, he's gonna try and he's gonna sell, which he did. He was selling the piss out of those chops. I, I love that he he finished him off with a, a chop. What else? But the way he sold it was like he just like got clotheslined. Yes, and he like he like floated across the ring and he just landed flat on his back. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that but, was my one note comment was that. That he he did a good job selling to make Tatanka look as good as possible. And of course, but he did the, boring. He's yeah, he's kind of like he's one note because at first, like when we started this, he was like, "Yeah, Tatanka's you know kind of fun to watch." And then 
every successive week he became less fun to watch. The crowd was dead. Uh not de- not super dead, but not as like pop poppy as they used to be for Tatanka. To the point where Tatanka like looked at the crowd and was like, it, like trying to get them all fucking hyped up. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't care. Yeah, it, it didn't work, yeah. Um even even Iron Mike and his his signature Iron Mike shout ah, 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 like he's trying to put him in bear hugs and shit. And he's like <laughs> shouting and it just doesn't work. <laughs> I, I I lost track of it though because like they were talking on commentary. This is when Savage started popping off on Hogan, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, and he's like, you know what? What I'm really worried about is Hulk Hogan's been talking to him because Hulk Hogan is ego. He's bigger than God. He thinks, and nobody's bigger than the man upstairs. And he just he starts. Yeah, he said there's only one superpower, brother. It's a, it's a man upstairs. Yeah, it, it was like, damn, he started just burying him on commentary out of nowhere. And I'm like, I guess he's still pretty pissed at Hogan like, right now. Yeah, well, I mean, enough that he called him out and told him to come back and talk to talk to him face-to-face. Yeah. Like, I dare you to come here. You tell me you tell me in front of my face like a man. I mean, let's not forget, though. I, I think at that time there was that shit where it, uh, he punched him in the eye earlier that year and that was around the time where he was like where, where's elizabeth and hulk lied to him about where she was at and he found out she was staying at their place and he fucking punched him mm-hmm. <laughs> so, whew, so i don't blame him for still being hot <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he was a squash though <laughs> and backstabber and a lawyer yeah 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 uh i i will say it was a pretty sweet samoa drop by the way Tatanka's got a solid, well, they call that the, the end of the trail. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. He but, needs to be like a guy who's like General Custard or whatever, and he just like hits him with the trail of tears or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I want, I want Borga to like go in front of a casino and be like, look at this scum of a well, building. <laughs> this is the American dream. Garbage. Garbage everywhere. <laughs> They took your land and gave you a casino. How trash of America. <laughs> and you settled for it. You capitulated like trash. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> go to the Survivor Series control room with Sean Mooney. And he starts talking a little bit about like. Was that Sean Mooney? Is. I thought that was Joe Fowler. Was it Joe Fowler? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's have, Joe Fowler. I yeah. get those two chump. mixed up. Yeah, they're, they're like the same generic white guy. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's not Todd Pettingsoo, so like you know. He set up like yeah, Jerry Lawler and his knights fighting Bret Hart and his team. I don't think they said it was the Hart family yet. Uh, I think that was the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, I just hear Crush is arriving," so they take us back to that shot where they were showing like the backstage area leading outside and Heenan's there with crush. And it's like, Oh, okay. So now Heenan's with him. Mm-hmm. And then we do, we go to Bam Bam Bigelow versus Dennis diamond. And I was like, Dennis diamond, Dustin's older brother with a mullet and plaid <laughs> periwinkle tights. Like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you also thought of Screech when you heard Dennis Diamond. I was like, is is, is this man related to Screech? Said, uh, he kind of looks like he could be. <laughs> I thought so too. I was like, all right, well, I guess I guess it's him. He was a big wrestling fan, Rip. 
Bam Bam just kills him, and he, he finishes him with a slingshot splash of all things. Oh, look, we're yeah. getting we're getting bots, like in sixty nine. A dating for all tastes. Yes, and ages. All, all tastes oh. and ages. I'm oh, blocking, blocking that bot. Yeah, we don't yeah, want any of that. That's, yeah, we don't need any of that adult content. We're we don't need instigators, agitators. We're watching Silk Stockings after. The only person I love is the man upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> you, mean, you mean that show where they offed Rick Martell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they do, they go back to the thing with the fan pole, and Sean is losing the pole. <laughs> he gets crushed. He's like sixty four to thirty six or something. <laughs> yeah, and then Diesel's like, "We're back with Diesel, who's who's going to make one last plea to the fans?" And he's like, "Listen, just vote yes, okay? Like he pays me a lot of money. He's my friend, and he's like, all right, look, maybe I'm being a bit biased. So like, here here's the number for vote no, and he just gave the number for yes, yes." <laughs> And Vince, and Vince I was like, okay, like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I wish Vince didn't catch it, by the way. I wish it was just like left it alone, but Vince is like, I, he, he told you the wrong number. <laughs> uh, and this, I think during this match is when Heenan came back and like Heenan was like yelling at fucking Macho Man, but you better be ready because he has something on you. And like Macho Man's like, yeah, what did he say? He's like, I don't know. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna have to ask him. He's a yeah. volcano, though. He's about to erupt. Oh my god! The one thing I like about Heenan is he could literally take a piece of shit, like an actual piece of shit that comes out of your asshole, and like make it sound like fucking it's gonna do something. <laughs> he can sell it to you, even if it's like like. Did we like? They've been, I guess, teasing that old Crush has a problem with Macho Man for like a couple months now. Yeah, I don't know why though. Yeah, it's, it's so been at least weird. Probably a month with no explanation as to what it like why it would come up. Uh, well, yeah, he gives the explanation here. Does, does he though? Does he? <laughs> so, does he get, though? <laughs> we get to the epic summit, the summit that's of equal importance to presidents meeting with fucking presidents of the Soviet Union. By the way, squash. By the way, if anybody wanted to know, Bam Bam Bigelow squash. Oh, yeah. Bam, that guy gave Bam Bam a hard time. He did a Tombstone Power Driver on the fucking apron, and he, he Bam Bam barely kicked out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> stars of the Tokyo Dome, baby. Woo. Woo. <laughs> uh, you know, Crush did. I, I'm going to give Crush a little bit of credit here because he did a promo and he only said brother like twice. Yes. Uh, eh. he he said brother a little more than that i tell you what he with that bad guy goatee thing that he has now he he looks a lot like diesel on wish wish diesel he's 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 definitely like we don't need diesel we have diesel at home I I counted the brothers and I, i came up with like maybe three tops which is like for him that's really good yeah, I mean, he, he did. He started off kind of like bad with it. Like he said it a couple of times, and then after that, he he went into this very long-winded explanation without actually explaining anything. We did get the backstory that that Master Fuji's family owns hotels in owns a hotel chain that's wonderful, apparently, and that's where he rejuvenated himself. Yeah, so uh, that's there's your Hawaiian Japanese tie. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I the, the the thing about Crush though, uh, and I get what they were trying to do to the point where like because Macho Man does a thing like let's go in the back and talk, brother, and all that stuff, and like yeah. they eventually shake hands, kind of like doing a red herring, but like Crush was acting like he was standing up to a bully. It was weird how he was coming off. He's like, you know, like when you're. I, I don't know how you guys were in school or anything, but me, I was like a fucking geek, like a, a super nice, always by the rules as a kid. And when I used to get bullied around, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm going to get you. Like, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be strong. Like, that's how it felt. Crush was. He's like, you know, you're a bad man, macho man. And I'm going to show you why. And like, it's too late. I can't talk about it anymore. I'll shake your hand. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, hang on. Little devil's advocate. In this case, Macho Man is an elder statesman in the wrestling business. He has a lot more clout. He has political uh, uh, muscle. Mm. And that's what Heenan's been saying is that, like, oh, you, you've been politicking crush out of his spots. And, I mean, yeah, now that Hogan's gone, I mean, like, who's the most tenured biggest superstar guy that's left? It's Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, here's the thing. That that would make sense if the last time we thought Crush wasn't when he was facing the champion for the title, and then he got his ass beat, and then he got he got literally sat on repeatedly. It was just like off television for however long. He got his ass beat that... so bad that Yokozuna gave him brain damage and Crush forgot how to do a super kick. That's <laughs> a fucking bad you took, you took my explanation, so that there it is. That, that's it. <laughs> See, Doc Talk, when you take enough severe repetitive head trauma, you can't have <laughs> bleeding and you can't have chronic traumatic brain injuries and personality changes. What I'd like to think is that we're seeing Crush experience this all in live time. He has traumatic brain trauma, and for some reason, he blames Macho Man Randy Savage for everything now. Uh, this would be the same thing as someone, you know, getting really depressed and then deciding, you know what? This is everyone I care about's fault, and then and proceeding to, to kill your family and then hang yourself. So he he's going the way of Benoit, redacted. But yeah. does this mean his brain is yeah. in his chest? No, but... He, <laughs> He, he got he got crushed so much that the, crush the got crushed. Flow, <laughs> crush got crushed. It was it's a blood flow problem. Like oh, he, okay, okay, yeah. So like it's like more of like a stroke, but it's still it's still traumatic. Sure, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Crush had a stroke, so he's now instead he he's not saying brother because he's Hawaiian. He's saying brother now because part of his lips don't work and he can't say brother. <laughs> He's actually slurring his speech. He's like, so you got to give him some slack. So that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I'm trying to apply logic to it, and it's not Paul Roma vacuum, but it's a little bit of a vacuum in terms of how it makes sense. But hey, whatever, it's entertaining. I liked, I will say this, I actually liked the, the take they took because I legitimately got tricked. I was watching this, and I actually thought it was going to end with them just walking out together, shaking hands. And I was like, well, the fuck happened here? That didn't make any sense. Crush looks like an idiot. And then he got him at the end and he hit him. And then he, then he lacerated his tongue on the rail. As we find out, uh, you know, he didn't let us know about all that laceration. 
And uh, well, before that, like he he like screamed out, he knocked out all his teeth. His teeth is gone. And I'm like, wait a second, his teeth are all there. What are you doing? Yeah, I see all of them. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, it got me. I actually thought they were gonna let this play out a little longer, and then yeah, they same. did that. So that and, was good. That's good. That's that was the point, right? And I like the the '90s because remember, internet is not big. There's no social media. So everybody in their mind still thinks wrestling is kind of real. Um, and when Crush fucking attacks Macho Man, the fans are going fucking nuts. They're yeah. like, there's actually a couple girls or women like screaming at him. Like, yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, wrestling's still real to everybody mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, because um, this is when when's the, the trial hasn't happened yet, right? It's like the big, the big. Uh, I think the trial is ongoing. Right, but like the big expose or whatever that happens where Vince outright is like on camera and actively says he's the owner um, of... Yeah, he has to admit everything. Everything gets exposed. He's the owner. Wrestling's not real. It's predetermined and scripted. And that's the whole argument they use to basically win it over, which is the most hilarious thing because in that whole case... He literally beats the U.S. government because he he shows them that wrestling's not real, which shows that the U.S. government thought wrestling was real. <laughs> like that's that's my favorite argument. No one ever points it out, but he he beat the federal government in their at their own game in court because their entire argument was that it was a sport, and he was like, "No, you fucking marks, it's not real." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, turned- "Who gives a shit that they use steroids? It's basically Broadway." <laughs> It turned out that it was just a bunch of marks. You know what? Everybody should be able to use steroids anyway. We should have separate divisions for steroids. You know, the prosecutor was that guy in the fucking gym. He's like, wrestling's still real to me, damn it. And that's why he's still real to me, damn it. Holly <laughs> Terry Fox just like, settle down, brother. <laughs> that's like literally what he said. <laughs> but, uh,. Like I'll give Crush just a little bit of props because it's like unlike unlike how he's usually that fucking monotone, flat, brain dead brother from Kona, Hawaii, brother. I'm gonna crush your head like coconut and surf, brother. He actually sounded like he was mad. <laughs> so they yeah. they, fa- they found a way for him to emote that worked. So that, that is like the nice thing. Like he he doesn't feel like a robot how he's saying things and how he's carrying himself is different. And that's good. It's just that what is actually coming out of his mouth doesn't make any goddamn sense, but that's okay. The rest of it's good and I'm entertained. So I, I actually liked it. I, I enjoyed it. And again, I got tricked because I actually thought they were going to just let it in that way. Um, and uh, that was it. And then it didn't. And then, you know, our buddy in the, with the tennis racket and, and an old uh, yeah. fat boy spam come down. Down the aisle. <laughs> I I love that like Mr. Fuji came out and uh and, like Vince is like, Oh, what's going on here? And uh <laughs> like in the middle of Crush talking, you just see Mr. Fuji like, Yay, Japan. <laughs> oh, he, he calls him Mr. Fuji and he says Master Fuji, and the guy is like the happiest man on earth, and he's like waving the flag <laughs> Master Fuji. Yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> And he I'm talks sure. about how he stayed at the, at the hotel and Master Fuji took care of him. I'm just trying to figure out how the fuck that works. 
Because they have Japanese spa techniques at that fucking five-star hotel. You know? So I just want to point out that that is the, the strategy of the Yokozuna camp. We're going to beat everyone to near death. <laughs> And then we're going to take him to our hotel spa and we're going to rejuvenate them. And we're going to convert them. <laughs> this is like a different kind of conversion therapy and it actually works. <laughs> they they literally beat the gay out of Crush. That's what happened. <laughs> beat the pineapple out of him. The pineapple came out of his ass. But no, like, <laughs> like I was sitting there thinking about this while this was going on, and I kept thinking about it after we go to the next episode. Crush is doing a, a squash, and I was like, "This still doesn't really make any sense because it's like Yo- he he wanted to fight Yokozuna, and then Yokozuna almost killed him, and then uh, under under orders by Mister Fuji, well, Mas- Master Fuji." Well, you know the saying, right? If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> I guess that's what the explanation was. It's kind of like the same thing as like when Samoa Joe turned off Wardlow. And Wardlow's like, I'm going to get all the titles. And then Joe's like, I have a title. And then he attacks him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah and he, like, he realizes, like, wait a second. And he looks at it and goes, now nah, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my point. Okay, I like to think from Crush's perspective, he blacks out. In that ring, after he gets squashed, like you know, fourth or fifth time by the bonsai drop, has no recollection of what's going on, doesn't remember anything, full amnesia because he had a stroke. He's slurring, he's like, Why I keep saying brother? I can't stop saying brother. <laughs> I'm out of character, but I say brother. Um, he wakes up and he's in this weird spa hotel, he's actively in the hot springs, and Master Fuji's in there with him, butt ass naked, just rubbing his back. And he is like, It'd be okay. And there's, there's Japanese women in bikinis fa- fanning you with like. The big leaves. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. So exactly. It's, it's kind of like... Oh, it, sorry, to inter- sorry to interrupt. It's kind of like the beginning of Skyrim, right? When you wake up on the <laughs> wagon, it's Master <laughs> Fuji. Yeah, you woke up on the wagon, but it's Master Fuji and a bunch of attractive Japanese women in Hawaii in this hotel. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Macho Man almost killed you, but we saved you. And he convinced him that Macho Man's the one that, that caused all of this. But that, he, they brainwashed his ass. This is the canon in kayfabe uh, full explanation that they didn't. You this know, is the Crush Universe just started. Excuse me. This didn't come across on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the segment too. And Macho Man got a little bit of color. Uh, some accidental, some on purpose, I think. <laughs> yeah, the tongue laceration. <laughs> yeah. They really sold legit. that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. That clo- that was the end of the show. After that, they're just like, Diesel's going to be in action, and then we're going to get one, two, three, Ked, Marginetti, and Ludwig Borga, and Crush. And yeah, Sean, Luke. Sean Michaels lost a vote. Oh, yeah. They, they officially announced he got a, he lost the vote. And they're like, oh, well, I guess you guys don't want him back. That's what Vince said. He's like, I guess you don't <laughs> want to see Sean Michaels. Oh, okay. And they just let it die. I guess Bye, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Batista wave. Yeah, bye bye. The uh, so we're and we're gonna talk more about Ludwig Borga in the next one anyway. But yeah, they're setting up that whole thing with Tatanka, uh, and they'll have those squash matches on the next show. Um, but I just realized he's like the it's a killing spree type of thing. Like Ludwig Borga, like it not it's not the individual's fault, but his character was the death knell for at least two different characters in 
in Raw. Because they effectively kill Lex Luger with how they, they booked everything, and then they're about to kill Tatanka. You're sacrificing Tatanka, thinking it'll make Ludwig Borga like a bigger heel. Yeah, no, just two for one. And, and they kill yeah. it, and Borga never like gets any steam, and it just... <laughs> he needs a manager, man. Like, it, it's... He's... Like he's capable and he can talk a little bit, but he needs like that guy that can talk for him and help get him over more. Well, they almost get there with the whole fanatic, the foreign fanatic thing would have been a great, a great jumping point to just stick him with someone consistently and actually have a manager. But no, they just let that fall apart too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's dumb. But anyway, um, what did you guys give the show? Uh, I'm actually kind of like, even though it was mostly like squashes, it was like fun squashes. Uh, except for IRS. Yeah. Except for him. Uh, (laughs) fuck the IRS. I don't work for them anymore. So fuck it. Taxes are theft. Um, (laughs) agreed. (laughs) Um, but anyway, like I had fun, like even like the ads and shit, the promos with the whole, uh, voting for Shawn Michaels was funny. Uh, and I was highly entertained, even though brother is uh, brain dead and somehow <laughs> f- fell for the, uh, you know, the M- Master Fuji fucking hotel spot, you know, shit going on. Uh, and I was uh, the only thing I had to say is like, man, his fucking super kick. Why is a f- big fat man do a better super kick than fucking crush? That's the God, only thing. Super kick. Have you guys ever seen that video of that kid? like that 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 fat kid in like a full black sweatsuit he's outside and he's doing different karate moves and he and he's sitting there and he's gonna show how to unsheath a samurai sword it's like a wooden sword and he does it and as he turns it shows that he has a really long like rat tail Mm. like down to his butt but he's like doing karate kicks and shit in his backyard and his underwear sticking out that is the way that guy moves is how crush's kick is it looks so fucking bad it looks like he's like trying to not rip his pants Yes, <laughs> we're all, we're almost there. <laughs> I mean, well, we we're there because he he kicked him once. He did a super kick during the the bit. It was just uh, he did a bunch of super kicks during the uh, the other match, and then he did that one like random like spinning kick, which that that's the one that really got me. I like I almost like spit my drink out when I saw him do that because if he had missed. <laughs> That would have been the funniest shit ever. Like, it, it, what's funny is he's doing the X Pac roundhouse kick. Uh, yeah, but but he's like doing it where like his leg is not even lifting high enough. It's like it, the the old cornet adage. He looks it, like it, a moose on ice trying to do this fucking shit. Well, it's, what's funny is they they book one two three kid on the same show, so you see that same kick later done the right way. So it's almost like they're shitting on Crush, kind of like. <laughs> like underneath the surface, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, you, as far as ratings, you, I mean, did you guys give the, the show a rating? Yeah, I yeah, gave it a six, six out of 10. Oh, same. Okay. We're, we're on the same page. I, I had the same things you had said. No actual matches that we were watching, but even with the short bits of wrestling, I was entertained by that. The bits were funny. Mm-hmm. I was sports entertained. I, I gave it a 5.7 out of 10, which oh, is still pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Now we go to the October twenty fifth episode. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I love that. I love that Macho Man is selling the injury. He's not on commentating this episode. But, yeah, you can't talk to the commentator. Yeah. You talk like this. You talk like this. 
Fitz is like, stop that. I won't tolerate it. He's like, <laughs> he's got all the shit in his mouth. I love that. At the, I think it's the end of the episode. It might be at the beginning, but he's got all the uh, the bandages and, and gauze and shit in his mouth. Mm. Yeah, I th- yeah. <laughs> he's, he's such an asshole. Also, side, just a little side bit. I spent far too long yesterday trying to find a way to buy that jacket. I was hell bent that if I found that jacket, I was buying that raw jacket. I that cannot Bobby find it anywhere. Windbreaker, the raw that windbreaker. Yeah. Cannot find it anywhere. Oh man, you I want that jacket so bad. Yeah, I got to get that custom made. It, it is fucking cool. I saw there so many people had sweet ass windbreakers mm-hmm. in this episode. I mean, he has been wearing that raw windbreaker for months. Oh but. yeah, Johnny Polo has a kick ass windbreaker too. It made me want to be like, you know what? I'm gonna go out and get. I'm gonna find a windbreaker somewhere. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna buy one. Fucking Johnny Polo. I can't wait for his promo. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Don't worry, buddy. I'm gonna get you a windbreaker. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you a windbreaker. Make it happen. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get matching windbreakers. Even better. There let's, it all is. Three, let's all three of us get matching windbreakers. <laughs> We're on a mission. Let's go. We're on a mission, motherfucker. That's what it says on the back. I'll be fucking viscera. <laughs> We need. We need. Actually, legit. That that's a thing now. We just made it a thing. It has been born. We need getting some color windbreakers. Fuck. Yeah. Merch. Let's go. Merch. There you go. Uh, Brother. Brother is with Master Fuji versus Phil Apollo. Uh, What? You know? Have you ever watched um, OSW? You know when they do like what? You know. what color, like what bar is it or something like that? I look at Crush and I'm like, man, he, he looks like a high C fucking juice box with all the <laughs> grape flavor. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck's with this face paint on it? Like, the, yeah. if he didn't have that face paint, it wouldn't, right, be, wouldn't raise so many questions. But like that is what really threw it off. Yeah, I honestly, just because of what I'd watched right around the same time I watched this, I was definitely in that. Who wore it better, him or Rhea Ripley? Because he had like the same like shit on his face. I don't know. I Clearly, who wore it better? Mommy's best. But. I just feel like backstage, you're just like looking at Crush, feel like you kind of look like the same. Uh, even though you have a goatee, how can we make you look like a bad guy? Oh, face paint. <laughs> there you go. There Let's go out there. Jesus. Yeah, he also had no music. Uh, I noticed. Oh, yeah, they had the straight up. Yeah, they just straight up put him out there. Um, I, th- I think they maybe they hadn't figured it out yet. Um, someone definitely saw him like in the back. Was like, well, we want you to incorporate a couple of moves to show that you've been working with Master Fuji. Let's see your kicks. <laughs> your kicks. And they see him do a kick, and they're like, well, you kick like you're you're fucking larping on a Sunday, so we're gonna paint your face like you're larping too. And there it is. But they can't send him out there in a sword and shield, and they don't have battle music yet. So they're just oh, he's gonna get his battle music. Out. His fucking heel, his heel theme. It's uh, pretty good this, during this period. It sounds like some kind of like rejected Mortal Kombat track. Mm-hmm. Like it really- yeah, no, it does. It, I, I actually Loki. I actually like it. It's it's not bad. Uh, I told you too. It's all about the beat. It. It's the rhythm. It is. It's. Cause I'm pretty sure it is the same one from WrestleMania 10, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I remember it from. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, this is uh, Super Kick Gate because <laughs> seriously, it's such an egregiously fucking bad Super Kick. I don't, I can't recall seeing one look shittier than this. 
Wow. Uh, like, I, I really can't. And, uh, I'm he not kicks s- like Dark Order punches. Dude. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> where they miss and fucking hit the goddamn map. Oh. I, I gotta show you guys this. I fucking this pisses this pisses me the fuck off, dude. Hold on a second. What? Tell me, tell me how this guy. Watch, watch. Ready, ready. He's making sure he's not gonna knock his TV over. Yeah. Well, he doesn't matter. Kick the fucking what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit! It's Bastion Bugger's kid. <laughs> no, he's way too much of an athlete. <laughs> like, dude, clearly. Was, like the, the fucking Mucinex monster kicking the shit out of things. <laughs> that guy that guy's got some Samoan in him. That's like the only explanation. That's it. But, yeah, any, anytime someone can kick like that, but they, they like are on the heavy side, that, that's gotta be it. They're, if they're like three hundred the if they're like three hundred plus pounds and they have the same speed as somebody that's like two hundred, they're Samoan. Yeah, they can kick, and they probably got a good Samoan drop. Yeah, um, sweet TV, by the way. That was that looked like a sweet ass J, JVC uh, D series. I appreciate um, that you just literally pulled up a thing of a big guy wearing all black doing that, and thinking you like literally just started typing all the shit I said earlier. Like, guys, <laughs> black slime pants doesn't kick. Well, <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote on YouTube "fat guy karate," and I was looking for a bad <laughs> kick. <laughs> Because I was looking for like the spin, like I can't lift my leg because I'm too fat, kind of kick, and it, it, it just, this guy fucking does a sweet ass kick. He this is like Chuck Norris level. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I mean, like you saw if you're watching, you saw our reaction. Yes, <laughs> but like, but yeah, no, legitimately, like even, that's even counting like the leg slapping, young buck super kicks and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like this crushes super kick is the worst I've ever seen. Yes. And he does it twice in this match. Twice. It's like he doesn't know it's shitty and nobody's told him yet. <laughs> <laughs> he We're already fu- there. There it is. Oh. I had to look it up. I, just, I had to pull it up and show it. It's like, well, if we're here. Hold on. Let me uh... C- continue to berate the, the super kick. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a. I, I feel like we buried it 12 feet underground. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, like, like, I mean, it's 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 about as bad as uh, everything Billy Gunn was doing when he, he was about to get his run in like 99, 2000. <laughs> uh, for our audio listeners, it's just a really oh big fat God. guy with a fucking rat tail. Uh, oh yeah, like, go, go go to the beginning real quick. It, it's the, uh, yeah, that's that's the part that gets him. Just watch, just just right here. Just wait for it. But it's it, not a rat tail. It's a beaver tail. It's just wait. It, it's just you got to give it the, the second when he first un- unveils it because right now you don't know what's back there. <laughs> I remember seeing this on an episode. I think Tosh point oh. It was like guess what happens whenever mm. and you have to guess. And he finally like get re- he's getting ready to pull it. Just wait for it. Yeah. He's pulling it, and he's getting his stance ready. Looks like he's taking a shit, but it's actually karate, kind of, I guess, maybe. I see you it. See, you can see a little bit of it, but he, if you're not out. paying attention, you can't see it. Ah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> he does that oh, quick thing, God. and you just catch it, and you're like, what a beautiful man. Yeah. yeah. There can only be one. He's fucking ready. He's ready <laughs> yeah. to fucking... Cut somebody's head off and have. He's a real badass. He's he's yeah. even like beating people down with the fucking uh, sheath. I already he was trying out for the Wesley Snipes blade fucking uh, role, but he failed. 
obviously. Yeah. There's no <laughs> fat vampires, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's true. There, there is no fat. You know, vampire. honestly, that should be a thing. Someone should do a story about about fat vampires because they keep drinking American blood. That'd be fucking <laughs> funny. They did. They did. They technically did that already. You know the guy from like the the recent Marvel Spider-Man movies who's uh, Ned. Uh-huh. They had they had a show on USA. I don't know if it's canceled yet or not. Where he, he's just like some guy who works at like a fucking juice bar or some shit. He gets made turned into a vampire. Like it's like a it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "I'm a vampire. That's so cool." He's like, "Wait a minute, can I lose weight?" And then he's like, "No, you're gonna look that way." When you're turned, that's the way you look for the rest of your life. And he's like, no. Because <laughs> he's going to yeah. be fat forever, I guess. <laughs> see, I want, see, I want I want skinny. I want people that look good, that were skinny. They get turned into vampires, but they get addicted to American blood because it tastes better. Because it's full of fucking fat and diabetes and shit. And then yes. they... And then they get fat and lazy and, and they start dying out because they're just too lazy and tired to to go and, and chase people down. That is the whole, whole thing. themselves on blood and they just become overweight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there we go. Like vampire obesity is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nothing else to say about this match though, clearly, because we're just going off on tangents. <laughs> he, beat, he beat him with that fucking head vice thing, whatever the fuck they call it. The oriental head vice. And like, Heenan is on fire though throughout this whole episode. It's, it started at the beginning with him making fun of Macho Man with the uh, my tongue is the dig it, dig now it. Now he's like <laughs> he, he's doing it again, but then he's like he's talking to Vince. He's like, "Great, we got rid of Beavis. Now all I gotta do is figure out a way to get rid of you, butthead." And he's talking, <laughs> like, Damn, he's doing Beavis and butthead jokes. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Dub's favorite promo of this week, this week, this episode came next. Johnny Polo, man, like, <laughs> oh my god, I love why? this. <laughs> like, this was it, funny though. It was it funny. Was, <laughs> he's like Marty Janetti, one, two, three, kid. I can beat them with my hands tied behind my back. My favorite thing was was when he was just making fun of them though at first. He's like, Oh, we're gonna see a match with the one, two, three kid Mario Gennetti. Oh, I'll harm you. It's like what he was doing. He's like, What a bunch of losers. (laughs) He could beat these losers, he says. All while he's wearing that sweet windbreaker. Yes. Should have pointed out in about five years, he's gonna crucify another person in front of an audience. Well, that's because nobody took him seriously when he was Johnny Polo. And they, it yeah. caused him to have a psychotic break. He was like, my brother in Christ. I'll and show you. <laughs> and then he's going to sit in the AEW crowd and people are going to think Raven's coming to AEW. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, Raven's there. He's going to be the next higher power. Oh, fuck. The leader of the Dark Order. Oh, shit. We so, finally we finally get a match, a real match that has a beginning and an end, and we have a rating. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, one, two, three, kid, Mari Gennetti. And they wrestled a, a scientific match because it's two baby faces. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like trading holds, and they're like counter-wrestling each other. Like, you know, Mar- they counter-hip toss, but then he hip tosses them and then they do the cruiserweight thing where it's like the the guy goes to pick him up, but 
you know, kid drop, he kicks him off and they both kip up and face off. Yeah. Whoa. The flippy dippy doo dah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. A little, little bit of the flippy. Yeah, but this they is did. A spot. This they is did. a pa- Neolithic flippy doo dah. That's what this is. Yeah, but they slowed it down in the beginning where, like, they were actually doing some holds where, you know, behind the back. And I was. Hammer locks. Yeah, I was watching the detail, by the way, because when. One, two, three kid had uh, Marty. Because Marty's a veteran, he was moving his feet around to see, like, how he can get out of it. So, you like, you see the back foot, like, go between his legs. Uh, and then he would, like, you know, obviously turn it around. So, I like that the leg movement was showing that he was a veteran, that he could get out of it whenever he wanted to. Yeah, there was a lot of um, subtle psychology to the things they were doing. Like, even, even kid was. Mm-hmm. They were doing these holds and stuff, trying to like they're, they're selling. These are wrestling holds. You have to maneuver out of them to get out of them. You can't just the guy just lets go because that's how a lot of them are now. The guy fucking lets go or kicks out. Yeah, or it's something. a transition. It's like oh, hold it for this so much time. All right, let's figure out our next spot. And then you yeah. like go. Well, no, you need to you need to maneuver yourself. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I like that there's positioning. I, I like whenever, uh, in in a similar way, you have things where someone's being put in a submission that otherwise they shouldn't be able to get out of. Like it could, it could be thought of as a way to finish a match, but they it deliberately position themselves in a way where okay, well, they torque their hip a certain way so that you can't put the same pressure on it with the intention of oh, that was yeah. a veteran move. They're gonna they're gonna get out of it. Those are like small touches, but like it's. Some, like it makes sense. Like they're, again, it, they're relieving the pressure, but it's not going to get them out. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And and that's kind of like I know not in the exact same way, but that's that's what they're doing here. I also like that they still started as a traditional match. They don't just go immediately into high octane. They started off a little sore, build into it, and then do that spot because they're a couple minutes into their match before they do the kip up spot. Yeah. Uh, like that. I think that's actually a really smart way to do it. It builds up, but it shows. Oh, I can keep up with you. Uh, yeah. Like. They both respect it. Uh, and then uh, I think it's pretty shortly after that, uh, after they go to that commercial, um, old Johnny Polo comes out. And yeah. he's out there for a while. He's out there for a, the better part of the match, like the last half of it. The big spot there is, I think Kid hits his leg lariat uh, for two. And then mm. he, he shoots he shoots Mario off and he goes for Herkarana, but Janetti does that that power bomb like when you power bomb a guy in midair when they're going for a Herkarana, mm-hmm. which for back then that was a pretty crazy spot. Yeah, that wasn't mm-hmm. common to see. It looked really stiff too because like when you see the spot, like after seeing it now, it's kind of like okay, I know that the way they did it, that's the spot they were going for because how quick it was. But it uh, it does make you like think, oh man, what was he gonna do? Like, you know, what kind of like, was he going to do like a spinning head scissors or was he going to do a full hurricane rata? But he just dumped his ass. Yeah, I yeah. I, I like uh, that Bobby Heenan sold the, when Johnny Polo came out, when uh, uh, one, two, three kid uh, Irish whips uh, Marty into the, the, the ropes and then like it's tripped. And like one, two, three kid, because he's a face, does a kind of heelish thing where he automatically goes for the the pin, and Heenan's like, "What's happening here? Like, is is he with uh, Johnny Polo? What's going on?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, me, I was like, "Wait a second, is this kind of like a heel turn ish a little for one two three kid?" 
Not yet. Not yet. But, <laughs> not yet. But I was like, oh, okay. And then obviously to the point where <laughs> the, the Marty gets pissed. And instead of taking it out on Johnny Polo, he just takes it out on one, two, three kid. Like he gets like super fucking offense. Yeah, he, he gets he gets mad and and yes, yeah, he starts having a little bit more pepper behind his hits. Uh just to circle back a fuzz, uh a little bit before that first break spot. Vincent Heenan are like cutting it up on commentary. Like he had said something about Marty's hair saying he looks like Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> Vince goes, at least he's not pregnant. And then there's like this pause. Then Heenan's like, yeah, isn't she due in April? And then Vince is like, Marty Janetti? And he's like, no, no, <laughs> Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> and then go on about that for like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was a very dumb, but funny thing for them to go on about. <laughs> I, I think that was genuine Heenan, like, commenting on Marty's hair. He's like, Marty's hair looks like Julia Roberts. <laughs> I think that was Vince making fun of him, too. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this boy. point, I, I, I feel like he's pissed Vince off, like, all, like, and he's just, he's taking his little shots at him, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and we come back from that break, I think they're crisscrossing. Yeah, yeah, they do the leg trip thing you guys talk about there. Kid did his signature corner kicks and he has those leg drops. Those really snappy leg drops where he runs off the ropes. Mm-hmm. It's not a Hulk Hogan brother leg drop, but it's, it's a good one. And then I think they shoot off again and Marty face busters him. And then he, then kid gets tripped by Johnny Polo. And then he like, it was an accident. Cause Polo was just trying to protect his face. And he got caught up in the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super confused. Like it is trying to still make it seem like it, it matters. Like it, he's on one side or the other, but Vince is like, oh, he's just he's here to screw the whole thing up. This is this is the part Dubs was talking about where he's like, Mar- Marty sees when that happens when he grabs kid's foot, mm-hmm. and he starts arguing with him, and uh, that's when yeah, kid tries to roll him up. Marty kicks out, and he gets mad. He just punches him. Which that's like the first time he's thrown a punch, mm-hmm. uh, which that's cool. Like you know, should baby faces be punching each other unless it's like a rock stone cold kind of a thing? You know, I just uh, don't. I don't understand. I mean, besides the spectacle of seeing like Marty Janetti, who's like almost a high flyer, uh, and then one two three kid, who is this you know new he is kid? A high flyer. He is a high flyer. <laughs> So I understand from that point of view, but as far as a booking, it's like, why are these guys fighting? Like they're supposed to be teammates at Survivor Series. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. But if that didn't, that wasn't happening, I would say it's their job to wrestle for a living. Yeah, true. So, so yeah. like, you can always fall back on that. Some people are like really hardcore, but they got there has to be a reason. I'm like, no, like, it's these guys' jobs to 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 fight in a a combat sport. So, you know, mm. but uh, let's see. I think Marty whips him in the turnbuckle pretty hard, suplexes him a couple times, and then he goes for something, and then Kid backflips through it, and he does, like, a fucking great German suplex where he gets the tippy-toe bridge. Mm-hmm. That's the good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bridge uh, looks really good, but he gets out. Can't recover when he gets out, and then Marty starts pounding him again, and he's setting up something. He whips Marty in the corner, kid does, and 
he like runs into the referee. He gets the referee gets knocked out. And then kid's like, fuck it. And he hits like a so bad kick to his head and it causes Marty to like go flying out of the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. And then kid's like, oh shit. He's doing the he's looking and he's like, I'm gonna do it. So he goes for a dive. Uh and that's not common to see either at this time is somebody running across the ring and doing a dive like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which he's done it before, but he doesn't do it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he only does that once in a while. Uh, so I think at that point, like Marty gets, uh, Johnny Polo picks him up and he's like, he throws him into the post. So it's like he, he got him out of the way and then kid crashes and burns just fucking hits the mat outside. He's just like, uh, you can see the face he makes like, yeah, that probably (laughs) didn't feel good. Yeah. So then the ref uh, gets up, and then both of the guys are just out, and Johnny Polo is laughing, and he's like, "All right, count them out." He like makes him speed count to ten. Yeah, they get they both get count. counted out, and Johnny Polo's laughing about it, and he's he's leaving. And then Marty gets up like, "What the fuck?" So he goes and grabs Johnny Polo and brings him back, and then they beat him up. They both beat him up. They super kick him. Uh, and then Johnny Polo sells it amazingly. It's like he ricochets through the ropes and his leg gets caught in the rope and he almost falls on his head. Mm-hmm. And then he hits the apron and then hits the mat. Yeah. He gets his ass kicked. <laughs> I, I, I swear. I, even, I, and maybe they had the best intentions or they just didn't realize it, but they make crush look so bad with this whole match and, and post-match stuff because all the moves that crush is doing and it just looks like it hurts. He looks like a hunk, like a thick cut Oscar Meyer baloney out there trying to fucking kick. <laughs> And and then Marty Jannetty and, and uh, Sean Waltman are out there just like throwing kicks like it's nothing. Like, yeah, it just makes him look so fucking bad, and it's immediately after him. Oh, it just sucks for him. Uh, but I I like the uh, I oddly I, I'm not you know we've said it before I'm not the biggest fan of like these weird countouts and DQs, but in this context I actually really liked how they did that. Um, I'm not sure they're going with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the come up and like after. Like it just it it worked. Uh and then of course like it helps that I know what happens somewhat in the future. Like Johnny Polo's not just some shithead that gets written off in into wrestling obscurity and never does anything. Like this is a person that actually is trying to become a wrestler, but gets kind of uh sequestered into the whole manager role, probably because like he's just a little smaller. Or or maybe he's just I don't know, like He's too green or, or something that Vince doesn't think that fits yet. But this is the guy that becomes Raven. Like if you yeah. follow ECW and WCW, like that's a big deal. And, you know, he did, of course, he didn't get his break later on. He, he had to do a little bit of hardcore stuff uh, in WWF. But um, it's just kind of cool knowing that. It's like, oh, this could go to something. This could lead into something cool. Or you could be like, Vince, who the hell is Raven? You mean Johnny Polo? Oh, yeah, yeah. that guy. <laughs> Yeah. Who, who the fuck's will, this guy? <laughs> I will say just for like um, posterity that Johnny Polo has already been a wrestler on national TV. He was Johnny Flamingo in WCW, and he yes. was a, a a wrestler. He was not a manager, but he was like a lower card heel. He mm-hmm. was he wasn't a jobber, but he was like a low card heel. Usually, he would lose. Yeah, well, but that's, that's I guess where I'm, I'm meaning at is like within the scope of WWF, like right. 
Vince yeah. does not see him in that role yet, so he's got him doing other stuff, but he's making it work. Like he's he's clearly sticking to it, and maybe this is like the start of where he gets a chance to actually wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was really cool. I I don't know what you guys gave the match. I I guess maybe because out of two uh, shows, like this is the match I got to grade. Maybe I was high on it, but I I gave this match quite a bit. I I went six and a half on it like i i thought it was pretty solid maybe i could have went a little higher but uh but uh i felt like six and a half was still pretty good for for where it landed i gave it a, a solid seven i was okay. entertained um not too flippy do does it was flippy enough for me to be like okay they slow it down at some points um and then the johnny polo thing is just like it's funny <laughs> and bobby heenan uh, selling uh, Johnny Polo being out there, and then also making fun of Macho Man. Dig it. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they they do a little flippy, high-flying stuff, but it's still kept, like, it's restrained. It's still kept logical pretty much. It's grounded in logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, Kid does the, the cannonball senton, but he doesn't do that move all the time. And recall, they're this is the second time he's done it and he lost when he missed it because that happened before, except I think he missed and then they threw him back in the ring and just fucking pinned him like that beat him. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So like that, that lets you know that's a dangerous move, but boy, if he fucking hits it, like he could win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I didn't mind. I'm not as, picky about like double count outs and stuff Mm -hmm. uh double dqs is a little bit more iffy on me like they there's a place for them they have to be done right double count outs i'm a little bit more lenient on Mm -hmm. um and but this was fine because like you were saying they did the comeuppance thing and that makes up for it and that's something that uh like modern wrestling doesn't really get right anymore they don't give anybody their comeuppance correctly and it's like shit will just happen and then they you're they're just supposed to take it and it, it's flat. <laughs> well, I think some of it is too is that and, and part of this has to do with the whole social media thing. Everybody is the the armchair quarterback and we're all like <laughs> fantasy booking everything. But it's there's also this precedent now that you want to have instant gratification because uh, people have been watching wwe product now for and been trained to think that way for so many years but uh, but also um people that are that are big brain want every story to be the longest fucking story ever and and give this like huge dramatic cliffhanger sometimes it's it's kind of like the john carpenter idea sometimes there doesn't have to be some big fucking thing it can just be two guys going out there doing their fucking job and wrestling so there doesn't have to be something to explain it every time. And if there is, or if there's a guy that screws someone over, he can immediately get his comeuppance right then and there. It doesn't have to yeah. be a thing that draws out for weeks and weeks and weeks and then fizzles because, Tony, you got too many wrestlers on your, your fucking roster. <laughs> so yeah, I went directly there, but like that's what happens. Like So many stories just flop and go nowhere because uh, by the time it's, it's time to, for someone to have a conclusion – someone's gotten hurt or someone's, you know, kicked the door in and, and hurt a dog or some shit, you know, well, speaking of kicking the door, kind of side note, I went to go to the bathroom and I did the crush kick to my door 
to the bathroom because I had to go. <laughs> I had to pee so bad. <laughs> I was like, ah, did a little spin <laughs> kick. <laughs> it wasn't very effective, was it? You had to like do it twice. Yeah, I had to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I'd probably fall, hurt myself. I tried to do that kick. That's that's the way I feel about shit. There's a place for everything. There's a place for the epic match within reason. There's uh some sometimes guys are just wrestlers and they need to do the wrestle. Uh mm-hmm. and then sometimes you know, not every match has to be the fucking flare steamboat for an hour. Uh mm-hmm. sometimes guys can fight for ten minutes. And it's right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like again for storylines, not not every storyline needs to be Austin McMahon saga. Yeah, like <laughs> like sometimes it's okay if someone's story is a beat that happens right then and there, and that's it, and then they can pick it back up later, and that's called oh they have history. <laughs> like that's that's it's it's that easy sometimes. It doesn't that's have like to be a, right now. That's like uh, Rick Martel and Razor Ramon. They have this on again, off again thing that just started with like that last. Uh, match we saw them have. Mm-hmm. Well, it start, technically it started in that battle royal, mm-hmm. but this goes on for like a year, I think, where they face each other off and mm-hmm. on, and uh, they they keep having good matches every time they mix it up too. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. but we go to our next uh, Jeff Jarrett Double J segment, and he's still talking about how. He's fucking on the outs in Tennessee because he's a local boy and he wants to do his music and he can't. And he's going to use wrestling to get a bigger, better career. And he calls out The Undertaker and Mr. Perfect. And my favorite part, though, is he he did this whole spiel. It's a lot like the stuff he was saying last time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still entertaining just to hear him say it. He says it differently. It's just there's not much point in like breaking it down like we did the first time. Yeah, I think he points out this producer because I don't know who he is. Billy something. Um, is yeah, name? I forgot his name, but he's like a yeah Billy something uh, talent or whatever. Yeah, uh, and Super, superstars or whatever. Yeah, he. Uh, my favorite part of this though was this this twinkle effect they added in post when he did his shit eating grin. Yeah. I love that. I don't know why that was just like the cherry on the Sunday. I was like, that was great. <laughs> they didn't have that last time. So that Vince said, put the little twinkle on his pal when he smiles. It'll piss people off. Remember, J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff. It was he great. sounds like he he sounds like he's trying to sell you a car. You know how like you hear about guys telling you or like someone is trying to tell you, yeah, and if if you have an automobile accident and you need to get a lawyer, you just call J E double F J J A double R E double T. Like, <laughs> he's just How trying to remind it, you of the phone number. How great of a gimmick would that be? You're a used car salesman and a lawyer at the same time. <laughs> you could you could fucking you could you could help your your clients that that bought the cars from you. It's, yeah, it's you're, a thing. You're a lawyer. And you're a car salesman, but you're trying to become a country singer, but then like using wrestling <laughs> to get over. Whoa, this is like a, a, a 4D chess fucking gimmick. We gotta settle down. And then he opens <laughs> up the dojo later. The, jo- the fucking MMA dojo. <laughs> that shit was funny. I, I, I don't think I ever saw that before, uh, but goddamn, that was great. I have. 
I hadn't either. It's just pretty funny. If if you don't know, uh, there was a segment. This is like when Jeff Jarrett was feuding with Kurt Angle and TNA. Yeah. Where he, and he came to like a kid's karate dojo thing or something. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he's mastered the mixed martial arts in like a few weeks. He literally says it that way versus <laughs> Kurt Angle and, and Samoa Joe who've been practicing it their whole lives. <laughs> and he just puts fucking kids in ankle locks. <laughs> Fucking great. And he's like, he's like, put me in an ankle lock. Come on, that's the best you can do. Look, this is how you really do it. And he puts the kid in the ankle lock. And he's like, oh, oh. Forking the ankle lock on a child. Yeah, just look it up on YouTube. You still look up Jeff Jarrett, TNA, uh, Dojo. Dojo. Yeah. And if you need to know how to spell it, that's J E double F J A double R E double T. Double T. Woo! My favorite line in that whole thing, though, is when he was like, now who, who can tell me? Uh, who does the ankle lock? Who did the ankle lock? And that kid's like, Clay Angle. And he's like, no, it was Ken Shamrock. And he, but I perfected it in a scant few weeks. <laughs> can, can you come back and tell me who, who invented the ankle lock again? Who, who was that, Zach? Clay Angle. That's like a hot <laughs> angle. angle. I let Totos. That like kid grew up to become Darby Allen. That was Darby uh, Allen. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hurt my fucking rib. Oh shit! Uh, it all came storytelling. Yeah, we this was long term. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like Dominic beating up Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio was talking about how he was going to beat his kids in WWE 13 oh, back when it came out. That's why. Gonna... That's why he's mad at him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think I need I need a, another match with him and Jeff Jarrett. I need him to put Jeff Jarrett in an ankle lock. It's like, see how it feels, motherfucker? This is what an ankle lock is like. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Angle! Kurt Angle! <laughs> he yells Kurt Angle at him for no reason. They invoke the name of Kurt Angle. Yeah, but after he <laughs> defeats him, he's like, I have one more opponent to take care of. And the kid from the dojo who said Kurt Angle uh, <laughs> comes out and puts Kurt Angle. Cut angle and put him in a fucking ankle lock and make him tap as an adult. Yeah. King Booker's there. He's like, Rust bag. Black Snow himself. Black <laughs> I, I kind of can't wait until we get down the road of TNA stuff because I think once we watch oh, some TNA God. shit, it's going to be hilarious. That's going to be interesting uh, if we ever do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So- so next up, we got Ludwig Borga versus Colin Delaney Sr. <laughs> uh, because this guy looks like Colin Delaney's father. And I didn't catch his name. And, Mike and Gucci? It, yeah, Gucci, I guess. Or yeah. the Gucci. It says Gucci on, on uh, the site I'm looking at for the match card. Gucci? Gucci. Uh, oh, Gucci. It's B-U-C-C-I, but I put on my notes, Bussy. Be <laughs> Mike Busty. Yeah, oh Borga is bussing. Yeah, <laughs> bussing bussies. So he's fighting Colin Delaney's father, and we didn't. I just want to lay this out. We went from J E double F to gluten free, keto friendly, cage free, grass fed Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and it's like you're going from a house to a tent in terms of like screen presence. And Fucking he, charisma. You <laughs> went, went from gold to garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Look at this garbage. Garbage everywhere. <laughs> uh, you know, Borga hits some power moves and shit, and he's got his good strikes. Like I said, in the ring, he's not bad, but just like yeah. he needs help. 
Yeah, um, best best part of this match though, because he's moving around and lumbering, and it, it's just kind of man, whatever. But fucking uh, Heenan is selling him like this man could just murder anyone with like his his fucking eyebrows. He's like, yeah, he's part of the finish seal team six. <laughs> yeah, he said he said uh, he was part of the finish special forces, and they only hire seventeen men a year. And I was like, a very specific number. Yeah, and I'm like. Well, that makes him sound like he's a badass, I guess. Uh, he did a couple of cool moves. Like, he did, like, a pretty impressive flying clothesline. and He has a good torture rack. He does have a good torture rack, which I, I was wondering about that, too. I must have dumb, but I can't remember if when Lex Luger was doing the narcissist stuff, was he doing torture rack yet? No. He no. was just okay. hitting him with the forearm and the plate thing. So that's that was the other thing that made me think, like, do you feel like – uh, Luger maybe resented Borga for like ruining his, his push. Like, that, like he had some type of resentment. So it was like a little like, eh, to them like that. He was like, I'll make the torture rack my move when I go back to WCW. That was long-term storytelling. It was. I, I just wondered because it's how he beat Hogan. And it's like, ah, maybe that was it. He's like, fuck you, Borga. Maybe. Shit. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It's like, that's, it was odd. It was a squash, though. It was it was the squash, and it was not very fun to watch. But nah. And then he even interviews Borga after the match, and yeah, they're setting up him and Tatanka are going to have a match. Both men are undefeated. This is where Tatanka loses his undefeated streak. What what aura, whatever aura he has left. And at least it was in America that defeated Tatanka's undefeated streak. That would that, that's bad optics. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They should have had the General Custer guy, but they, they Vince didn't think of that yet. Oh, <laughs> fucking oh, yeah. uh, Roberts, uh, Colonel Roberts. Uh, they got him from WCW. Oh, Colonel oh. Parker. Oh God, yeah. Damn. Oh, Colonel. Yeah, Colonel Parker's like, let me bring my slaves in to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they got. They we're had, being historically accurate here. This guy's boys are fighting the native. The Native American, yeah. But no, he says he'll beat the American Native. He says the American Native. I don't know why. And then he'll end the American Dream. But I'm like, but wait. Dusty Rhodes not there. You're living <laughs> the American Dream right now. You you came from some foreign country in America to make, make good money. Yeah. Why do you want I mean, to end your sweet deal? You know, the whole time he's talking, some, some fat fuck in the, in the crowd is holding a massive sign. That says USA, love it or leave it. Yeah, <laughs> While he's talking. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it just made me think of uh, whenever uh, they had that that promo where Lex Luger gets in the in there and starts going America, and, and he says that, but then he goes all MK Ultra again. <laughs> Football. <laughs> only if only they had pit vipers back then. That dude should be wearing them. I didn't do no steroids. Yeah. I did steroids, but like, you know, it was just one. We only, we made out once. It didn't mean anything. Yeah. I've (laughs) never done steroids in my life. Well, just the tip. I did not inhale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I only tasted them. I got news for you. That means you're still taking steroids. (laughs) That means you're on the gas. Yeah. Uh, Then we got Men on a Mission versus Tom Mata and Steve Greenman. If that is his real name. 
I don't know, but my ribs are still fucking hurting from you saying good angle. Like <laughs> good angle. That's why like my video keeps like going on and off because I had to like stretch my fat body so that my muscles could get out of my ribs. <laughs> good angle. Stop it. Good angle. Good angle. But okay. he does he does an ankle lock. <laughs> he also does ankle swam. <laughs> He also does Percocet. <laughs> uh, Steve, like Mo beats the shit out of Greenman for a while, and he makes fun of their entrance a little bit. That was kind of funny, and he gets his fucking ass kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then Mabel fucking crushes him. He comes in and like drops a goddamn elbow drop. It should just be a finisher because he's so fucking big. <laughs> My God, the the one guy who who is the bigger guy that that took the pinfall at the end. Was that was this oh, the legend Steve Greenman or was that Todd Mata? That's Tom Mata, and the, I got man, I got some shit to say about him. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Okay, maybe we're on the same page, but I'll, okay. I'll let you finish your play by play. All right, so yeah, they they kill Greenman with like a double drop kick, and then Mata gets tagged in, and this guy looks like eight pounds of shit in a four pound bag. And he's like fat in the upper body, but he has skinny little fucking legs. Chicken legs, yeah. And I'm like, this dude needs to do leg days or he needs to wear fucking tights or something because he just looks like shit. I wrote, he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, like, he looks like a potato with fucking limbs. That's what he looks like. Little it's not. Arms. It's okay because, look, everybody's got different kind of bodies. Oh, you body shaming wrestlers. It's like, no, listen, there's fat guy wrestlers on here a little bit. There's husky wrestlers like... uh I look like a giant uh, turkey. Like Tony, Yoko, Tony. Yoko Zuna is fat as fuck, and he's a great wrestler and champion. So it's not even about being like fat shaming. But yeah. if, you just, if, if you move like you're fat as shit, that's not good. You're yeah, not, if you move like like Bastion Booger is also a fat guy, but he moves like a fucking fat piece of shit. Yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> even though I, I, it's disgusting looking, his like little, little like duct tape get up. He's kind of like Piccolo from Dragon Ball. He's actually wearing that to hold himself back. <laughs> If he took the whole thing off and fought naked, he just fucking crushed people. Oh my god! But like, best canon. I'm, I'm gonna try to keep this to, to jobbers. To be fair, because uh, sure. there's there's other guys like okay, Tony DeVito is like a little stocky kind of fat guy jobber, mm. but he's proportionate. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't look like he looks like he does work out. He's just a little little pudge guy. Yeah, but, or like Mike Sharp is like a bigger guy with upper body, but he clearly he's in shape. He's just he, not. He's not ripped. He's he's he not like a, the, he's yeah. He's got like the same physique as this guy, but he takes care of himself. He's got yeah. that. He's got that Arden Anderson dad bod muscle look. He, yeah, he, he's he definitely has like the oh you picked on my kid, I'm gonna come beat your ass look. <laughs> or like, the, oh, like, time, like he has an older like fifties wrestler type of look or sixties wrestler. Also, like, he's big got thick the, upper body. He's got the body hair to help. With mm-hmm. that too, and he's tan. Yeah. He's a little. He looks better. It's like, look, you gotta like, you gotta do a little self assessment, like at some point. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't stop there with me though, because like they're beating his ass for a while, and then they start a whoop. There it is, chant. And I'm like, they did it. We can't escape. Whoop. There it is. We stopped yeah. watching WCW Saturday night. Two Cold Scorpio gets whoop. There it is, chance, and he doesn't even like try. He doesn't initiate it. It just happens. It's, that, yeah, that, it's that's true. That's white people trying to act cool. Or yeah. just like, hey, we know this song. Whoop, there it is. 
Well, there's a lot. Well, when they're doing that stuff uh, down there in Georgia, I mean, a lot of the audience is black down there. If you ever yeah, look. but we're in New York, uh, yeah. upstate New York. <laughs> we're just more white we, people. We have Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Poughkeepsie. yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I'm like, we can't escape it. Whoop! There it is. Still came and got us. <laughs> yeah, it found us. So, Mabel, sit. Oh, oh go ahead. No, you're good. Keep going. Okay. Uh, Mabel crushes Mata in the corner, and he. I, this is when I realized he sold everything like fucking shit. Yes. Like, okay, we're on the same page then. Like he, Mabel fucking avalanched him in the corner, and this is fucking Mabel. This is Viscera, one of the biggest fucking fat guy wrestlers ever. Yes. And he half-heartedly walked out of the corner. He wasn't even, like, selling it. He was just like, oh, I'm going to walk out now. And then, like, Mabel bear-hugged him, and he was, like, no-selling it. It's like he was just standing there, and uh... he actually, like, looked behind him to to, <laughs> to see where Mo was coming from, who clotheslined him in the back of the fucking head. And it's like when he hit him, he, like, kind of, like, stood there for a minute, and then he fell over or so, what the fuck was that? And then, yeah. Well, he hadn't even fallen over yet. Like he he no sold all of that offense where they like are bodying him like that. He didn't even stagger. At one point, he just like straight up stood back up, just straight up stiff as a board, and just waited for the next move. Because I think yeah. the way it was like that bulldog thing, right? Yeah. 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 It, it yeah it, it was fucking terrible. It's like you got this guy with terrible body physique. It looks like they literally picked him out of the crowd and put him in there. And then he just no-sells everything they did. And Viscera is, uh, outside of Yokozuna, Viscera is probably the largest person in the company. Like, mm-hmm. by, like physically, the, like the heaviest guy. So if that guy sits on you, avalanches anything, you're fucking dead. Yeah. Right? Okay, I, <laughs> it didn't make any fucking sense. Uh like I yeah I saw it I was like they're gonna probably hurt him because he's making them look bad. No, because I I don't know about Mo, but I know that uh, Mabel Viscera was apparently a pretty cool guy, except for mm-hmm. that time where uh, Kevin Nash told him, "Listen, Mabel, don't do the sit thing on my back. My back's <laughs> fucked up." And then he did it because he forgot, I guess. Yeah, Mabel, God damn it! I told you not to fucking do that. <laughs> 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 I fucking love that story. Oh my god! We're, gonna, we're eventually going to see that. That's that's uh that's right after uh, King of the Ring uh, in like '95, I think. Is it not? Yeah, that's when he's King Mabel. Yeah, King Mabel. We're going to see that eventually. So, I when he passed away, uh, Viscera, I was sad, man. I was like, man, he should have like got healthy at some point because imagine him being skinny and ripped. That would look weird. But yeah, it was. I can't it, imagine it. It, it, yeah. it would it would be weird, but man. So many of these guys awesome. had so much trouble. I, I've listening to some of the other podcasts like uh, with them like retelling stories like JR and Bruce Pritchard. They talked about how they extensively tried to get guys like Yokozuna and um, Viscera help with, with that. Big Show was another one they had a lot of trouble with where these guys were because on the road, I, I kind of get it. Like, traveling on the road the way they do, and as demanding as it is, it's hard on you. So then you're worn down and fatigued. Like, and again, a lot of times there's a lot of these guys out that are just, you know, the free time they have between traveling and then doing the shows, they're out partying and shit, which isn't healthy for you either. 
So a lot of these guys are just like just eating whatever trash they can find mm-hmm. or catering is just like, again, it's just not anything. It's necessarily healthy. Like you're just getting all of like the greasiest shit you can to eat. And then they're just constantly drinking, doing drugs and everything. So they just have a really hard time of getting these guys to, to get healthy and trying to incentivize them. And um, there were even times where, you know, guys were threatened to be let go unless they went into health programs to get them, them cleaned up. And, yeah. Um, they, they did that a few times. That's why you would see these guys go for really long stretches where they like just for no explanation were written off a of TV. It's cause WWF or at the time or E were actually forcing them to go and get help for weight rehab. Um, the other reason was, um, at least at this point, I don't think this was later. Um, but certain States have rules, even with wrestling kind of related to like boxing commission and um if people are at a certain like health like they have to pass certain health inspections in order to be able to wrestle and uh i know yokozuna specifically had this trouble where there were times where he even whenever he had the belt he wasn't cleared to wrestle in certain states because his health was that bad yeah because of his weight so that that actually played into it as well it's like an insurance thing i'm guessing because they're you know the the uh venues the venues aren't going to take the risk of letting you allow someone so big to wrestle. And then if something happens to them, the venue could get sued. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And again, that's not as much of a problem now, but, uh, that definitely was an issue. So, uh, it was an interesting thing to, to learn back when I'd heard it, but Visser was no exception to that. He, he had a lot of trouble with, with that clearly. And it, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It stinks. Another, um, the, uh, the guys that played, uh, uh, Rosie and Jamal from three minute warning, which one became Umaga. Um, the other one became uh superhero in training. Shit. He became shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, they, they had similar trouble. Uh, again, a lot of the Samoans have, have, have had a history of that issue. Just a lot of trouble, like losing weight, um, which again, their build doesn't help with that. I just, it's so, again, Part of it's like natural, right? But then like there are, are excessive problems. Like I mean, Yokozuna got up close to six hundred pounds at one point. Yeah, and they were like, he, "Fuck, yeah, we can't, we he, can't do anything. We got to help, buddy. You got to." Kishi had, had a, some more. He food. had an eating disorder, though. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it definitely was. It, it it was definitely more than just like I'm Samoan and I'm fat. It's like, no, you you got an eating problem, bud. Yeah, like they seem to like some weight loss clinic. I think Cornette told this story. And he's like, yeah, brother, I'm here. And he's fucking, he stayed there for like, uh, I don't know, three months mm-hmm. or whatever. And he lost, he actually gained weight because yeah. there, he, he had fans, off. he had fans working in the Institute. He was at, I think it was Duke weight loss clinic. And mm-hmm. he got these people to go out and get him KFC. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. yeah. He was like getting people to go out and bring him food. So it was like a fucking vacation. He's getting paid all that money. And it's like a fucking, it's like one of those like fat cruises. You go to lose weight. And you like gain pain. Like, <laughs> like that, uh, that Ben Stiller movie. Yeah. What the fuck was that movie? I don't remember. The name Heavyweights. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, this made me mad though that this guy like no sold all their offense and was like a shitty. Mm-hmm, same because it, cause it's just unprofessional. I don't know if he was a dick or he was just incompetent. I feel like he's kind of dickish though, mm-hmm. just to look at him. I get that feeling. <laughs> but they fucking pinned him after they did the finish that he didn't sell. This mullet clad, buggy whip leg sag of shit. 
It was a squash. <laughs> Gun angle. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Gun angle. But like you know. Gun <laughs> angle. He's not. <laughs> well, if anything, he only, his wrestling career was only from 1993 to 94. So he was so fucking shitty. He got thrown out of the business. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I'm gonna need, at some point you're gonna need to record saying that, and then we dubs or you just dubs you just take it from like one of the recordings here, and you make that into a sound bit that you can hit. When we're talking about fat people and sound. He's fat. Are we talking about someone great? But good angle. Good angle. <laughs> we're, we're gonna need that it's, every time. Every time he's in the news or if he's in the matches that we're gonna be talking about, I'm just gonna be spamming good angle. Good angle. <laughs> Instead of us saying his name, you just hit that little sound bite button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> well, oh, he, can't, he can't say WWE. He says WWE. So like, WWE. WWE. We'll say his name wrong. Listen, he landed on his head a lot. It's not his fault. He's on those painkillers. He's a legend. There's the beans. Did you guys give this a rating? Because technically it was over five minutes, but it was like the most drawn-out squash ever. It was just a long squash. Okay, cool. I didn't give it one either, but... Yeah, the bar the barometer for like squash no squash what determines what crosses that threshold is the amount of offense the other guy will get, mm-hmm. and that's up to interpretation. But yeah, you know. they, they didn't really get any. It just took no. four fucking ever for a minute of mission. It's like how many times do we need to squash this guy to get him to fall fucking down? Like they could have pinned this guy two minutes before they did, but they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It wasn't cooperative. Yeah. But, well, and the won't there it is chance for happening. So Vince is like, keep it going. They're cheering. He was fucking into that. It, yeah. He uh, Vince was going do rag fucking Vince, and he's like, <laughs> he was He's like, I like his swagger. I like his strut. And like when when Mo was doing his little strut after he'd do some moves. <laughs> but uh, got another Survivor Series control room update with Sean Mooney or Joe, Joe Fowler. Go fucking Fowler because he's a fucking chump. Yeah. So, Why do you hate him? Since we're on it, can we talk about this little graphic where they get to it where it's like <laughs> going in between like what looks like the structure of a roller coaster or like a building being constructed and there's like the, all these haunting screams like the Mortal Kombat crypt. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I'm like hearing like <laughs> screams like, like they're in the fucking <laughs> nether realm and I look up and see the fucking graphics and it's like a red background. It's like this hellscape. <laughs> like what yeah. is this? And then it's like Survivor Series update. I'm like, what? What the fuck are they it, doing at Survivor Series? And then it plays fucking vaporwave saxophone music. I loved it. I was like, I need to find this background music. It's fucking slapping. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, really good. <laughs> so right. why do you hate Joe Fowler? Because <laughs> one, he did the stupid thing with the bus driver. Who's gonna win? Who do you want to win? Oh, yeah. Uh, that- <laughs> He's gonna hold on to that. Yeah, I, like, I said that was Sean that Moody before when that happened. I, I don't know why. He just that that's that's Sean Moody. It's not. It's Joe Fowler. They look yeah, alike. They do. And, They're both fucking milk toast white bread pieces of shit in their tuxedos. Nobody's a mean gene. I am sorry when mean gene does the fucking report. You're just like fuck yeah, this is amazing. But we all know mean gene is like on the, on the way out, right? He's not there anymore. Yeah, he's. I think he's already left and. uh Where's Lord He's Alfred Hayes? I know yeah, Lord Alfred's him? still there. I have no clue where he went. Um, they really need Doc Hendricks. <laughs> but, uh, 
so they tell us more of these. This is just going to be a card full of Survivor Series matches. They're still in that phase right now, um, mm-hmm. I guess. So it's like the All-Americans, Lex Luger, Tatanka, and Steiner Brothers versus the Foreign Fanatics, which I was like, fucking serious? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Yokozuna, Borga, and the, the Quebecers. Or the Quebecers. I said it wrong. Uh, no, you said it right. Quebecers. No, it's K-Beckers. You don't no, say they, it? They, yeah, they say it the wrong way. They say K-Beckers. Uh, yeah, it's K- it's Quebec. You don't say Quebec. Um, the Hart family, Brett, Owen, Bruce, and Keith. Keith always goes, or no, it's, yeah, it, no, it's Bruce. Bruce Hart always goes into business for himself every time, like, he does something on WWF TV. Mm-hmm. It's like, they give this motherfucker an inch, and he takes ten miles. He tries, he tries to, like, insert himself into whatever the fuck's happening. I already like they kind of they already fucking buried them though because in the pictures they use like the graphics like you know the wrestlers have like the typical wrestling graphics and the other Hart brothers outside of Owen and Brett have like the worst like random photos it's like they literally just ripped them from photos from a photo album and just <laughs> put them on there it looks it's like have you seen yeah. this man <laughs> it's like superimposed family photos or like promotional photos from fucking Stampede Wrestling in like yeah. 1985 or some shit. Yeah, they look outdated <laughs> as fuck. They're like faded out and shit. <laughs> it doesn't match at all with the others. And then they're against Jerry Lawler and his three nights, which is still like unannounced. And I'm pretty sure they were just like fucking masked wrestlers or some shit. I can't remember. Hmm. Um, four doinks. And I was like, what? And then this versus like Head Shrinkers, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Bastion Booger for some fucking reason. Because <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I can buy Bam Bam because he's had issues with Doink. I don't know why it's the Head Shrinkers, but whatever. And Bastion Booger, I'm like, Bastion Booger has beef with nobody. He just has like beef with himself. So, <laughs> yeah, when, when, he, he doesn't eat with anyone. He eats alone. When they were doing the Julia Roberts thing, didn't he say like Bastion Booger got Julia Roberts pregnant? Yeah, he did said I he hope did. I hope Booger knows. then you got uh Mr. Perfect, uh one, two, three kid, Razor Ramona, Mario Gennetti against IRS, Diesel, Rick Martel, and Adam Bomb. Basically it's like all the mid card baby faces versus all the mid card heels. <laughs> Just yeah, they just literally slap like individual like feuds, and we're like, "Oh, well, you don't like that guy, and you don't like that guy." Just put you all on his teams. IRS, oh, yeah. Diesel, yeah. Um, Adam Bomb, and who else? Rick Martel. It's so, like Diesel and Perfect are feuding. IRS and Kid still have their thing. Um, Razor and uh, Martel. Rick Martel, yeah, and then. Uh, like whoever the last, I can't remember who it was now. Marty Janetti and Adam Bomb, I don't think have don't think have anything. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's the one that doesn't match anybody. Although I guess you could say loosely Marty Janetti might because of Johnny Polo. True. That's that's the but only tie in there. But Johnny Polo gave up managing Adam Bomb. Remember, he traded him to uh, fucking oh Whippleman. That's Whippleman. right. Whippleman. Yeah. Harvey Whippleman. God, that, if if there's any person that looks like a fucking child sexual predator. In in kayfabe, like <laughs> it, it's fucking Harvey Whippleman. He he looks like, like who are you? Who are you supposed to be kayfabe? Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. 
What? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, but wrestling kayfabe. <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> like, it's so, the glasses, sadly. So then we got Diesel versus Dan Dubail. And as far as I'm aware, this is Diesel's in-ring debut in yeah. WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diesel manhandles this guy. And he even does like a cool gut rich slam move. I don't think I've ever seen Kevin Nash do. He's looking good. And then he starts telling jokes about, I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but he started, they started talking about Saudi Arabia for some reason. (laughs) And he said something about how like uh, he was confusing some people. And like Vince is like, I think those are Saudi Arabia. He's like, Oh, you can't tell them apart in the hot desert. They all look the same. And he just keeps going without missing a (laughs) beat. And he said something about like how the police sick dogs on people. And Vince goes, wait, the police sick dogs on these people. And then he just goes, yeah, that's how they feed them over there in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm genuinely surprised that shit hasn't been cut out in Peacock. Oh my God! Yeah, With like the contracts they have. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking surprised that's on there. But eh, that's pretty yeah, because, funny because most of the fucking thing that Bobby Heenan says, it would just be fucking blank. You'll hear Vince <laughs> talking, and it just like the Clintons. Because remember when like he was yelling at Macho Man, he, like, like fucking Bobby Heenan just blurts out the Clintons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Clintons on on uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Oh my god. But uh Diesel like while well, Bobby Heenan's burying Saudi Arabia and it's hilarious. Fucking <laughs> Diesel keeps beating down Dubail, he hits a big boot and he punches him for three. I guess he doesn't really have a finisher yet. Uh and then G- Heenan says, put a toe tag on him, he's done. Call the German Shepherds and Vince is like, Stop it, Bobby Heenan, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> Squash. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was so good. Uh, another great Raw, man. Uh, and then, you know, there's an ad hyping up the Borga versus Tatanka match. Um, yeah. And then uh, Well Done versus the uh, Smoking Guns, Razor Ramon versus Patch and Booger in a non-title <laughs> match. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and yep. then... In an interview with the Foreign Fanatics Survivor Series team. Uh, and then Vince adds that Savage will return as Heenan cracks himself up and does it, the whole thing with the tissue in the <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said, he said they're going to they're gonna hear from Savage on the phone, so he's going to do one of those phone promos. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, and Mr. Perfect's also supposed to be in action next, next week. Yes. Uh, I said, decent show. Ken Jannetty was matching the night, obviously. Uh, Heenan was on fire the whole time this episode. He was funny as fuck. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Even Vince was kind of funny in his own way. Like, he he, he was playing along with Heenan more in this. Uh, I give this 6.6 6 out of 10. Nice. We're, we're right in the same ballpark. I, I gave it six and three quarters. I was very I get- entertained. I gave it a 6.9. Nice. Out of 10. Um, nice. Nice. So, we're at the end of October. We don't have raw dogging it. Um, we have WCW Halloween Havoc at the end of the month. Uh, yeah, so 
I don't know. I had never seen that one, so I it could be good, it could be bad. I don't know. Spoilers, uh, it's not very good. Yeah. Uh, hey, and it, there's got to at least be two good matches on that show, based on what I know. Yeah. That's uh, true. And we we also have the award show that we're going to be doing at the end of October. Yeah, that, what we always do at the end of the month. Um, so prepare for that. Now, before we leave, two pay-per-views happened. Um, we had AEW. We're not going to go through every single card. We're just going to hit like some of the highlights that you know that you were interested about. Uh, so we had AEW Full Gear, and then we had Survivor Series War Games. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about in AEW? Because, like I said, I only caught the tail end um, with, with MJF and Moxley. But what do you guys have to say about AEW? I'll yeah. defer to Chaz for most of this. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I really don't have much to say. I mean, MJF. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of it, to be honest with you. Well, I, mean, you... I, I, I pulled the card up. I, I mean, the pay per view overall was solid. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if it was said on the show. I think it was off show, actually. But uh, Chaz had a, a get-together, and he said he was going to have it on. And, and uh, what do you call it? Zach's like, I don't know if I want to see it. But then they ended up watching the whole thing. Uh, we ended up being the only ones there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't, everyone else either like had other plans or were sick. So it was literally just Zach and I hanging out playing video games. And they were like, oh. I guess we just watched this, and then we we did the Statler and Waldorf, mm-hmm. like the old men from the Muppets. We just sat there and like made fun of them, and we we like did goofy shit while we were watching it. Which it was fun. I, I had a fun time watching it, um, and the matches overall I, th- I thought were pretty good. I, I thought for what they they were doing and where AEW was at at the time, like I think it it was a solid pay per view. Um, most of the matches had good conclusions to what they had going on. Um, the Sting Jeff Jarrett match was ridiculous to see. It was just Sting jumping off of shit. It's just funny. Um, the MJF win uh, was really good, and then what they're the follow up because there's been two dynamites now since then, including the one that happened tonight. Um, has been really cool. You know the 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 dynamite right after uh, once. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Regal turned on uh, Mox in order to allow for MJF to win. Um, Moxley was threatening to kill him, basically, and Brian Danielson comes out and is on his knees begging, like, this man's like a father to me. Like, he even says something, like, it was really cool was, uh, about how, like, this man helped me understand the, the problems and the demons my own father had, so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have her, I wouldn't have had a relationship with my father before he died your daughter might have the same problem as she gets older. Like you may need, you you may have someone or have your daughter look at you the same way. I looked at my dad for the same problems. And he's the one that helped me understand that. Like it, it was just a weird, like it wasn't heelish. It felt kind of real, but it all almost seemed kind of heelish, but I don't know. It was just, you know, they're trying to do like the melodrama with it. But um, basically Mox was uh, said, okay, I won't hurt him as angry as I am, but you need to run and never come back here. So the follow-up to that, and that was how like the segment ended. And it was kind of like, okay, well, he's still, he's, you know, Moxley's looked at as this 
just kind of like he's not a heel he's a good guy but he's still like i'll, I'll fight anybody and drink blood and you know that bullshit but uh this week uh he cut, came out and cut a promo about how he's like the baddest man and no one would dare to come out or anything well hangman page came back and they got in a big fight and they kept brawling and they couldn't keep them separated so they actually had to escort them like security escorted both of them off the premises so that allowed regal to show up because he he was like oh well I, I can come now because i don't have to worry about moxley and he and he introduced mjf and mjf has a new title they actually have a new championship title uh, the AEW title now has uh, Burberry leather. Uh, it looks ridiculous. It's pretty funny, it. though. I want it. I want a replica. Yeah, it looks really cool. It, it, but uh, he went on this big thing, and then he, at the very end, after going on a promo where he ripped everybody and, and called out the people that now want him to win, he called them fickle idiots and said, you'll keep looking because you're fucking marks and, and whatever. But uh, at the very end, he he was going to thank uh, uh, Regal because he wouldn't have what he had without him. And then he took the brass knuckles and punched him in the back of the head. And they like carted him off into uh, uh, a, uh, what's what's the, the term they use in WWE? The, the medical vehicle. The medical facility. Yeah, they, take, they carted him off to the local <laughs> medical facility and Danielson's with him. And they act like he killed him. Like Regal like, never stood up again and was knocked out unconscious because he got punched in the back of the head with the brass knuckles. So like there's just cementing MJF is like this big shit heel again. Um, I, I, so I, some, I, sorry to interrupt you. I saw something retarded where somebody posted, uh, you know, since he got, since he got backstabbed by MJF, maybe he's going back to WWE. And I wrote, there's a three year contract. You know how contracts work, right? Yeah. He's, he's under contract for a while. Uh, but I think they're just tying it into what's going on. Uh, uh, I mean, it it's I don't know. It was it was kind of a cool idea of how they they tied things around. Um, I know we talked right before the show started about how uh, the firm was supposed to have a different take and and actually CM Punk and MJF are supposed to be feuding uh, right now as all this is going on. But it, it is what it is. But um, I I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else to really say about where AEW is. I feel like things are getting a little better. The, the elite match tonight I thought was, was pretty good, but, uh, they have, they they have some good things going for them now. Um, they have some foundation that they can build on. Um, it's just a matter of the execution, which Tony Khan usually sometimes either hits it or sometimes really shits the bed where he's like, I, I, I'm rich motherfucker. And he like stares at people. The more they keep the Ring of Honor stuff off, honestly, I think that's been the bigger problem. The Ring of Honor stink has been like, bleh. Like the Jericho stuff versus the Combat Club, like that stuff has gotten really stale, which they've actually started to pivot away from more and more. It was it was barely on the show tonight. Um, Danielson faced Dax Harwood in a match, and their match was really good. Of course. just I mean, yeah, just a really good match. It had a bunch of good spots in it, so... Um, so yeah, it's solid, but I I'm fine with that. The the better thing that I watched today, which I don't know how you guys feel about it, was Survivor Series. I really like that pay per view. I I thought overall I thought it went really well. Uh, maybe good. it's it was really good to watch. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I I enjoyed watching every match. I don't think anything was bad. I didn't Even for like, like actual War Games matches. I thought the War Games matches weren't 
were pretty good. But the meds were better. Uh, the women's war games was kind of lacking. I think what really brought the women's war games was Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. All the other wrestlers kind of just okay. Um, if they had somebody like Sasha Banks in a war mm-hmm. games with Rhea Ripley and fucking Becky Lynch, that could have fucking brought you know some things to it. But obviously they're not there, so mm-hmm. um, so that wouldn't happen. But you know it was okay. I uh, I've seen better um, with the women's. Uh, not knocking on them because obviously there was talent in the ring. But mm-hmm. the men's one is where I was like, this is fucking cool. Because I, w- if you're not following, you know, the bloodline, like, you know that the bloodline was going to win. It was the, the, the storyline that mattered the most was Sammy. I'm calling him Sammy Uso. He's uh, Sammy Uso, brother. That's what, the, that's what the crowd called him. Sammy yeah. Uso. He's, I, he's I, the Uso of all of them. I, I want to say whoever was the cameraman who, you know, because if you're not familiar with the rules of war games, you have both teams in a cage, and every time there's a time limit, one of them come out and goes into the the double cage. Uh, There was a camera angle where it's uh, one of the Usos, Roman Reigns is, like, sitting on the corner, and then there's, like, Sammy Uso. And one of the Uso brothers goes out, and then you see Roman Reigns doing, like, a mafia boss thing. Like, wait a second. And he pulls him back. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's kind of shit Roman does now, usually. He's the fucking he's, boss. He's pulling the mob boss. And I, it was even cool because like everyone else is like standing there ready to go. But he has a fucking chair inside the cage. Mm. <laughs> and he just sits there. He's like, he's like this. Call he's like shots. watching very calmly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Paul Heyman's usually behind him in frame. And he's got mm-hmm. both belts. And he's just like. He's back there grinning like he's just like enjoying all this. <laughs> oh man, the 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 conclusion to that match too was fantastic. Uh, he turns on. He actually like I don't know like I'm sure you guys followed it because it was like right in like the prime era of NXT. But he actually yeah. even does a thing uh, to Kevin Owens that Kevin Owens did to him. Uh, when yeah, Kevin yeah. Owens destroyed Sammy when he after he won the NXT title, he did the whole power. Pop a power bomb and gets the apron, and the way Sammy collapsed, he collapsed right on to Kevin, and Kevin just held him there. He did the exact same thing to him with the Haluva kick when he when he like left him there for Jay to finish the match. It's literally what he did to him like how seven years ago. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. It is a really cool, like very subtle touch. Um, it's honestly right now the, the bloodline and with Sammy and everything that that's got to be the best story in wrestling right now. Long-term storytelling. Mm. Yep, they're, they're actually getting it right. It's good. <laughs> I it, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, it's gonna be sweet with either, either if the bloodline turns on Sammy or Sammy turns on the bloodline, it's gonna have such a big payoff. It's gonna be crazy. I've yeah. I've actually given up on like. Don't get me wrong. I'll still be happy if Cody Rhodes is the one that comes back at, at Rumble and wins Rumble, and they go some route with that, or if they bring Rock back. But I don't even care. Like, strike while the iron is hot. Fuck it. I want I want Sammy to be the one to beat Roman now. Mm. Like that that's what I want. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I called it before I said Sammy's gonna be in this rumble and he's gonna win it. And I'm calling the shot right now because I think Sasha even though like 
on the surface, Sasha Banks is like, I'm not doing wrestling. I think that's all fucking like work. Uh, I think she's coming back for Royal Rumble and she's going to win the Royal Rumble. And it's going to be Sasha Banks and Sammy Uso. Yeah, there there have also been reports about uh, The Rock actually coming and returning to wrestling before, well before WrestleMania. So what I would almost like to see is Rock maybe even come back and there'll be some type of challenge or he like is on the side of Roman or they like have whatever their confrontation is going to be before WrestleMania. And, and then it turns out that Rock actually like stays in his corner and actually acknowledges Roman further. So then whenever the time comes and the Sammy Roman stuff happens and there's the fallout, Rock is still in Roman's corner and Sammy like has Kevin Owens, but you know, like clearly like the, the, uh, there's, there's only so many people he can have it to have his back. Like, because Roman's got the whole bloodline and he's got the rock. So like my thought was you like for fantasy booking was you could have him win. And against all odds, he would take on Roman for all these titles at WrestleMania. And just when it seems like he might win, you know, the bloodline get involved and, and but he's able to overcome that because Kevin Owens and some other people help. But then the rock comes out and the rock is pulling heel shit and, and trying to like somewhat keep the peace, but then he's like interfering to help keep the bloodline intact. And then the glass shatters and and stone cold's actually the one that comes to the rescue of uh because again that like maybe that like shared uh experience that he had with ko they they've come to an agreement or something but stone cold's the one that that comes and he kicks everyone's ass and then that's what allows sammy to win and it's very similar to how sammy zane uh or how mankind beat the rock for the title like it almost mirrors yeah. that like it is one of the largest pops in wrestling history the glass shatters the night that mankind wins on raw like it is deafening like so to do that on a wrestlemania stage like that and it would happen because everyone everyone's into that like the the usos like the bloodline's supposed to be a heel faction as is everyone loves roman the way he is the bloodline like their their stable's over and everyone is into sammy yeah, like like people are gonna be ripped apart whenever they they break up. However, it happens. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I just think Sammy's gonna be able to go over. He'll easily be the biggest baby face. I want to see Rock and Roman at WrestleMania non-title match. By the way, because mm-hmm. I, I think I, I kind of don't want Sammy to break up from the bloodline, but like at some point he is gonna have to. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wants to be on his own. Um, I also thought of other scenarios too, where, because I know Roman Reigns is going to be doing a title match at rumble. And I don't know who the opponent is yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it might be the rock uh, if anything. And it, it would be funny if rock wins the championship and then somehow Sammy gets a fucking title shot against the rock and like wins, but like Roman Reigns being a boss, being like, "All right, now give me back the title," <laughs> and like hand it back to me. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty, and to the point where Sammy's like, "No, I won this fair and square." Yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to go deep, 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 like long, long term, they really could play this out for another year. I know that sounds crazy to think that Roman would hold both of those titles for another year, but you could go the route of letting, letting everything go the way it has for 
um, uh, like you could, everyone's expecting Cody Rhodes to like, I think like betting odds, like Cody Rhodes is the one that's expected to win the Royal Rumble. So they, they could do that. And then, you know, rock Roman and rock have to face in one match. It's non-title or it's title, but Roman wins. And then Cody faces him, but only faces him for one title, not both. They separate them. So then he still keeps the universal title um, or however they want to protect it, whatever that shit would be. But like Sammy is still with the bloodline. All that stuff is still going on and he stays with him for a full year and they let this continue. And then next year's when you capitalize on letting him win. Like it's got almost that, not, not to the same extent, I don't think, but it has that Kofi mania kind of vibe to it. Like you've got a real underdog here that everyone's behind and that momentum is there. So the worry would be if you wait a full year, you might lose all that because you can't predict injuries and stuff. Like this is probably the time to actually strike. Yeah, I think you need to do that because everybody's fucking high on Sammy. Like mm-hmm. he's 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 fucking red hot. Like this is to the point. Remember Rusev Day? It's like a hundred times bigger than Rusev Day. Yeah. The key difference though is that, like, Sammy Sammy has done everything. Like, Sammy has done whatever he's been asked to do while he's been in WWE, which is great. But, you know, from the beginning, when he came here, uh, he came to NXT and stuff, like, Trips has been behind him. So the fact that now you've got him and Heyman, who have always been behind Sammy and wanting him to get a push, those are the ones that are really helping book these things. I really think they'll set it up and do it. The other long-term thing that's been kind of, like, spoiled is that Triple H has very big plans to to push uh, Finn Balor. So you could easily, like you have so many good feuds that you can pull from if Sammy ends up winning. And it's still believable that he can have it. Like it's not that just he's just this underdog and he couldn't keep it. Like it's, it's still believable he could actually win. Um, so you could have him have it and maybe not have it for very long. The chase is the bigger thing. And then he could you turn around and lose it to a Finn Balor. Finn Balor it's creates the nine, nine millimeter club. The nine millimeter Fuck. club, yeah. <laughs> uh, no more of that club shit. I prefer if, if Finn could just go back to being uh, what he was just recently in NXT the last time. Yeah. Oh, Prince Balor. Yeah, because he was fucking badass when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. He was just like a, like, it was kind of. I got flashes of Dynamite Kid a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fucking no nonsense, just like, I'm going to fucking whip your ass, just surly motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's like the most effective he's ever been there. I think to a point they're doing that, They just where they tie into a faction and then they have the feuding stuff. Like, I'm hoping they just move on. Like, we don't need to have much more with the whole club and OC and all that. Like, no. he can still be a part of Judgment Day but still just be that same character. Um, but uh, I don't know. I it's I agree with you. That's that's been my favorite version of him as well. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like I like Demon Bauer and stuff too. I liked when he was still doing that, but uh, he's evolved and, and changed a little bit. So um, that being said, I don't want the judgment day to just suddenly go away because one of my other favorite things has been um, Dominic. Greaser Dominic. Dominic. <laughs> Greaser Dominic is just something. Greasy Dom just just embracing the fact that he's a, he is just shitty and 
I, there's something about it. It's great. And there's now been, even been the thing. He attacked his family on Thanksgiving day yeah. at their house. And I uh, want more of that, by the way, I want more of that, like off TV, like social media, like we're mm-hmm. here at Ray Mysterio's, I don't know, bowling game or something. <laughs> he like beats him at a bowling alley. He throws a bowling <laughs> ball at him. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's, uh, there's the whole, thing there he attacks him and what's really funny there is like they acknowledge the cameras there like he answered the door he and Rhea are there and his mom's like uh why is there a cameraman here what are you guys doing here and then they get like quickly get ray and ray's adjusting his mask like he just realizes he's gonna be on camera and he's like oh shit he puts the mask on yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a good touch it was it was really funny but uh i, re- I really like that uh and then he recently said the thing about how you're not even my dad so now they're acknowledging that Eddie Guerrero's actually is dead. in kayfabe. In kayfabe, I, I, <laughs> I wonderful. The, the 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 beating was so like lackluster in a way because like the, this is marble f- uh, flooring, so like they get him to the edge like in the living room where there's stairs, and you would think like Dominic would like do like a running I don't know like uh, stomp on his leg, but because of the like shiny floor, he's like I probably would slip and fall on my ass. So he gets like I don't know a weapon and like hits like him. A broom. Yeah, broomstick. Yeah. Like that's lame. <laughs> uh! But in a good way, it, it was lame, but it hit in all the right ways. Yeah, it, yeah. it just it's been funny, but I. Um, yeah, the pay-per-view overall was good. I uh, did, did want to make a quick note about um, the uh, United States title match. I thought that their match was really good. I thought they worked their three-way really well. I really liked the ending of how Austin Theory just managed to just be right place for right time and just fall on top of of Seth Rollins to get the pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, was fucking great. And then nobody also, expected that. Also, did you catch the whole thing? I know there was like a promotion for the Beyblade thing, but the fact that they played the Beyblade stuff uh, in On the his background yeah. during his entrance, and people on the line were fucking pissed about this. Like, apparently, it trolled a bunch of uh, fucking marks. They were all mad, like, oh, how dare you not give him his own? Like, why would you play that Beyblade stuff? This is stupid. Da, 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 da. You're killing Austin Theory. And then he wins the fucking title. <laughs> that was a 4DH move. Well, I, I I I brought it up like when uh, he cashed in because like oh this is like unheard of of him cashing in the suitcase for fucking mid card title and then he just fucking loses and I'm just like how do you fucking lose a cash in to a mid card title? Uh, but I I think that was just Triple H being like I need to get rid of the suitcase because I want to make it a gimmick at WrestleMania again where you mm-hmm. where it did and I think. That's what he did. He's like, I'm gonna do that, but I'm still gonna give you the title. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, I th- and nobody re- like now. I think it's it, like we've moved past that, right? I don't think anyone's thinking that they're doing anything wrong by Austin Theory anymore because no. its characters changed. Like it's it's been for the better. Remember, right when that happened, everyone's like, "Oh, they killed him. They're, they're they've buried Austin Theory. He'll never get to do anything now." Yeah. Yeah, we've already forgotten about that. He's fixed it. Yeah. Well, the thing is. I think Zach brought it up is like Vince pushed him too hard. Like they need to slow it down to the point where he needs to work the mid card a little bit before it becomes that top star, mm-hmm. which he's well, capable of doing. Well, that, yeah. but it's also the shortcut route. It's kind of like how like Big E got that quick push to be champion, but he never got to do it the right way. 
like winning winning as a baby face winning the winning the main title by like taking uh advantage of a limping champion even if they're a heel and and winning it through means of that like it doesn't make you look very strong and then he proceeded to lose a bunch of matches while he was champion and then he got hurt and now depending on what happens he may never get a chance again to actually win the title the right way you know yeah my my whole thing was uh the way the trajectory vince was putting him on is it would have backfired because nobody was ready to accept him yet in that role because mm-hmm. everybody still looked at him like this new guy, this new mid-card heel kind of guy. Uh, yep. And he's got to spend a little bit more time percolating, so to All speak. Right. I got to ask you guys a question, because I know Austin Theory is a fucking heel. But, like, eh, one of the Raws, they did, like, a double switch kind of thing where uh, Seth Rollins was kind of face. He did, like, a face promo. And then Bobby Lashley... Was in the back because uh, Ali was going to be, like, challenging Seth Rollins. But then Bobby Lashley came and, like, tossed fucking Ali (laughs) to the side of the wall. (laughs) Where did the small child come from? He's fucking tossing. And and now Bobby Lashley's, like, heel again. And I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) It's like Big Show switching. I don't think Bobby's heel. I think Bobby's pissed. I think Bobby's just a force of nature. Yeah. He's just mad. He's yeah, a veteran, he, damn it. He won't be quenched. His thirst won't be quenched until he can fucking beat Brock Lesnar in the ring. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I think I think Lesnar and, and Bobby are both in that role of they they are forces of nature within the the scope of WWE. They just act of their own instinct or what their whatever their goal is, heel or face, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It doesn't apply. I don't know, they're neutral. They can force do. They can, yeah, they, no, they're force of nature. They they can be what they need to be, for the sake of whatever the context is. The new mega powers. I like. It's working though, because it's like the the way they built Bobby Lashley up. It's like people buy him again. Is like this guy will fuck you up. Like <laughs> and that that match with Brock helped, I think too, even though yeah. he lost it because he fucking beat his ass so badly. Mm-hmm. Like it, like he lost it, but he, there's no mistaking what happened. He beat Brock Lesnar's ass, and he got lucky. He pulled like a a, a Bret Hart t- flip out of the turnbuckle pin thing to get out of it. They they, re, mm-hmm. they repackaged him really well because I remember him facing Goldberg, and then when fucking <laughs> he fucking attacked his son and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, remember that he was gonna get revenge for his fucking son or whatever. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty awful. I uh. What can I say about that show? Uh, the women's war games was just okay to me. It was a little. There's too many botches, unfortunately, in it. There's mm-hmm. there's some slop in that one. I think it's just because a lot of those a lot of those people have they're not used to working in that fucking match or like that with the furniture and stuff. They're not as experienced with it. Mm-hmm. Um, H.A. Styles and Finn Balor was good, but it just felt TV good. Like, yeah. Well, it's because they have been having that match on TV. It did feel a little weird. But it was still <laughs> solid. I um, see. I haven't been watching Raw or anything for the past month or so. But uh, uh, I got weirded out because, like, again, like uh, the club or whatever was feuding with Judgment Day, and then yeah. AJ Styles out of nowhere is like, "I'm gonna face you, Finn Balor." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah, okay." That was a little weird. <laughs> this was another. Uh, 
tally another one for AJ Styles dream match that under delivers though. Hot take. Yes. Because they keep they're like this is a dream match and like in your mind because you know how good AJ Styles is you think this is going to be really good and then it just ends up being like that was good. At least there was no like <laughs> fucking low blow hold uh, it forever. No, no, I love the Shinsuke Nakamura low blow. Oh my god, it was the best low blow. It was like when he would low blow somebody. <laughs> It was like he just immensely enjoyed it. Like it gave him so much pleasure to hit you in the ball sack. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, the only match I didn't really like that much was uh, the women's SmackDown title match. Yeah, that match that, that match was a bit of a, a forgetful. Plus, there was a really bad botch. There was, but I just saw that and I'm like, why is this on this show? Because it went mm-hmm. by the time it was over, it was like this did not need to be on the show. It wasn't nobody cares. Nobody cares about Ronda Rousey anymore. Nobody, nobody. Cares about and nobody thought that Shotzi was going to win. The only no. thing that happened was that really bad botch with the tornado DDT. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to like spin the explanation of oh, well, you go for these high risk moves. Uh, Michael Cole, I, it almost felt like he was tr- about to say, ah, she didn't get all of it. It's like, she didn't get fucking any of it. She, she didn't know. fell off and it just didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I've seen Shotzi Blackheart several times, mm-hmm. and I just don't think she's up to snuff for, uh, you know, whatever your expectations are of like the modern WWE women's roster is. She shouldn't be in the, in the main event. Uh, well, it's not a main event, but like the title yeah. picture uh, period. And the only thing that people remember about Shotzi is that she was in NXT. And then when she didn't have her fucking stupid little tank, I'm sorry if you guys like that, but, <laughs> but, but like people were fucking like, Oh, she, you took away her tank. Oh, she's nothing. Fuck you. First, get better at wrestling, then be in your little fucking Mattel fucking tank driving they around. Took, and they shit. took a tank. They took a tank. Cut angle. Cut angle. Cut angle. Took a tank. If only. But no. <laughs> like, listen. A lot of her perceived overness is because uh, I don't know. Fucking weirdo, sweaty guys get horny to her or something. Oh yeah. Fucking green hair simps. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it really is all it is because if, if the only thing that you have going for you is that you come out with a, in a miniature tank. Yeah. You probably, you probably are overrated. Cause like I'm trying, I'm trying to be real, not trying to be mean. Being uh, I'll, be, I'll be mean. Fucking... Well, I don't have anything against her cause she doesn't really piss me off in any kind of way. I hate her tank. I, I don't care. It's silly, whatever. <laughs> it's cringe, but like uh pretty much everybody in that roster is just better than her. Yes. I can't think of one person that's not, you know. She's just not a good wrestler. Like not really. well, she's I, not athletic. She moves slow. She's like really slow in all her execution of like everything. Yeah, her her execution is sloppy and she botches a lot. And that's the thing is what if Outside of the the whole tank or whatever else, what is just in terms of her wrestling? What do you remember about what she does? There's only one or two things you remember from a match that she's in, specific to what she does. She Either botched. she she botches or she goes for a very high risk move, and usually it, those go together. She usually goes for a high risk move and she botches it. 
Yeah. That, that's typically, and that's, it's not like that's a new thing. She was doing that in NXT too. She really wasn't ready to come up. I remember. Uh, yeah. So I, I remember that being the biggest criticism a lot of people had and it, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just, that's, that's what she's going to be known as. No, it, yeah. and they got girls down there right now in NXT and I don't watch it as much anymore. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. someday that'll change, but I know there's girls down there right now that are better than she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the triple threat, the U S triple threat was, that was my match of the night. I thought it was fun. Yeah. It was very well executed triple threat. They didn't do that bullshit that I hate now. And I can't unsee it where people in a triple threat will get somebody will get hit with some big move. Oh, oh shit. Oh, they'll roll out of the ring. And then you'll, you'll see them peeking like they're watching mm-hmm. waiting for the, especially in AEW. They're really bad about that. They'll be like, Oh, John Moxley's so bad for that in matches. <sighs> oh, tag matches. Too. In tag matches. When dudes get knocked off the apron or some shit, they're mm-hmm. like, Okay. Yeah, they're peeking <laughs> off the side. Yeah, he, it's bad. Yeah, you need to quit doing that. It looks terrible. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I was this, wa- uh, sorry. Oh, I was goodness. I was watching one of the videos of uh, this is when I think when Brock Lesnar or something happened to the ring where it's tilted. I don't know what it is, but like Brock Lesnar is on the side, and then there's this guy like, "Come on, Brock, you 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 ain't hurt, you ain't hurt, you Brock fucking Lesnar," and you just see Brock. <laughs> You just see Brock just laughing his ass off. And then obviously, <laughs> you know, you've seen the Randy Orton thing where he's like laying on the floor and he's like, <laughs> he's like, Randy, what's, what happened? Why, are you, why aren't you over there with them? He's like, I don't want to get landed on. <laughs> <laughs> that was like legit. Like, no, you can't. My other favorite thing I saw somebody do something like something like that was Rhea Ripley. Did you see the thing where she was like over oh, by the security railing? Mm-hmm. And she was like selling, and then she always reached over and untied some kid's shoe. Like yeah. it was like some <laughs> fucking heel move. Like she just reached over, <laughs> grabbed somebody's shoelace while she was selling, and went, uh, and then like rolled away. <laughs> that's, that's fucking great. I love her. She's great. <laughs> that's a, but, that's um, a funny fucking thing to do. I'll have to find the clip of it and send it to you. But uh, this was like a classic good WWE triple threat match where like. All the action was happening at a good pace, but it was believable. And nobody was doing that silly bullshit where they roll away and watch or anything. It was like their ass got knocked out in the middle of the ring, wherever the fuck the action was taking place. And they would like recover and then go back into like, I'm I'm recovered. Then they'd go fight. And it made sense. It was a tight, well choreographed match. I I agree to all those points. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was my match of the night. I mean, technically, I think it was. Yeah. But as far as what I like, my, my feels, my what my tum-tum says, <laughs> is it was a Survivor Series match because I'm, I'm heavily on the on the bloodline train. Uh, that Sami Zayn story is just primo. And uh, this, the match was good. This is reels. That was feels for me. It, yeah, I mean, there we go. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> there's reels and there's feels. Reels and, and feels. Oh my god, that's got to be a segment now. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That maybe it'll be a thing. It'll be reels and feels. But, yeah, reels uh, and feels. That'll be good. This do you guys? Oh, what? Do you guys want War Games to be a Survivor Series thing or go back to traditional? I'm okay with it being a Survivor Series thing once in a while. Like, uh, 
I'd still like for there to be a traditional Survivor Series match occasionally, like when mm-hmm. it's called for. I don't like this, like we like I was just saying a little while ago, where I'm like, oh, they're still in that phase where the whole card is Survivor Series matches. I don't think that's good. No. Uh, it would be funny, though. But it, no. <laughs> it's going to be funny. <laughs> but, uh, like, I like it more when it's when it's called for, it makes sense. And I would like Elimination Chamber to go back to being a marquee match instead of a PLE, a pay-per-view. Thing. Yeah. I mean, Elimination Chamber would be something good to rotate in and out of Survivor Series because it yeah. is a Survivor-based match. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to have a match without doing the classic. Like, you could still have your Survivor Series team match, but then have Elimination Chamber be the main event. Plus, it's where it debuted. So I agree. I, I like I like that idea. Um, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't necessarily want to see them do it annually. Um, rather, I'd like them to save war games for those. Like, have it in your pocket because this was a good way to test, and clearly people liked it. It was a very well-perceived uh, event. Like, Keep it in your pocket just like you would with a Hell to Cell. When you have a bad feud between two teams or two factions, pull out war games. Like, here's a thought. This might cause some people to get butt itch when I say this, but I feel like I'm correct. Uh, instead of the women having a War Games match, because I felt like it was really uncalled for in their case, why didn't they have a traditional Survivor Series match against each other? I felt like that would have been more appropriate, and it probably would have been a better match. Yeah. I, I think, think that was more of the screaming. They didn't want like the backlash of, oh, the women should get a chance to have this too. Yeah, yeah, the women should fucking barbarically torture each other in <laughs> torture chambers too. Yeah, I, honestly, that that's kind of like why I, I'm with you. I don't like I don't like PLEs that have specific stipulations attached to them. Like I don't like TLC as a pay per view no. uh, or a PLE. I don't like Elimination Chamber or Hell in a Cell because what that does is that either ties everyone to have the same match or it makes that mandatory. Oh well, there at least need to be one or two of these on the card, and then you're you're having the obligatory match that doesn't make sense. Whereas, like, let's let's say for instance, for another two years they don't have another war games match, and then suddenly they have one, but it's because two factions are fighting with each other so much that it makes sense to have. Well, you can do that, and it doesn't matter if it's two men's factions fighting or women's. Just that could like make the feud stand for it. Same thing with Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Hell in a Cell is supposed to be a a blow off match. Do the same thing with War Games. Well, that's, it, what tri- that's what Triple H was saying recently too. He's been talking more. I guess he they took a cue from Tony Khan, and now it seems like they're doing press conferences after mm-hmm. pay per views. Uh, and they asked him about Hell in a Cell, and he's like, he's like, no man, Hell in a Cell is a blow off match. Is pr- pretty much what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I'm like, good. <laughs> what, what I liked about WWE, I, I just pulled the Kurt Angle. Yabba dabba do. What I usually like. In, That's what in, he says when the bead kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, it, when the storyline is building, like obviously you have like those rubber matches, right? Where yeah. not, not the WWE 50-50 bullshit, but like to a point where they have no choice but have to go to one of the big matches. Like, always when Hell in, Hell in a Cell was brought, like, remember when Mankind, uh, not Mankind, but Cactus Jack versus Triple H? Yeah. Like, Cactus Jack's like, I am I want you in a fucking Hell in a Cell. 
Like that's where I want to settle everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's how it should be. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, it's gonna be in the fucking you know springtime, so let's have Hell in a Cell, and everybody <laughs> gets a fucking Hell in a Cell match. It's See, like it, it's stupid. That's why it's like in this case, I feel like the issue with the Bloodline and the other team because they didn't really have a name. It was just whatever. The other, all the baby faces that have been mad at the Bloodline at different. All times. the Europeans. All the European, well, Kevin yeah. well, knows. <laughs> they they <laughs> all were. Holy shit! They were. They all, they all were. Holy shit! <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's great. The United Kingdom, the the British Commonwealth versus the fucking <laughs> bloodline. <laughs> Irish, Scottish, British, Australian, and can and Canadian. Yeah, Islamic like, Canadian. <laughs> Like that, I felt like that worked because it's all those guys have been pissed at them at different times for different reasons, and they've been on and off fighting for like the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like in, in the women's one, it was just like war games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely just cobbled together there. But that's the thing is like the teams are very similar to what they just do when they cobble together teams for Survivor Series anyway. They just yeah. happen to put them in it. And that's my hope is that they don't just tie that and they start doing war games for every Survivor Series because that's that, that. that, going to be gimmicky. And it's not going to look like it's just going to come off in a different way. Uh, but yeah, that that is pretty funny to realize that they were the other team was actually it's not even the heel team. The face team was all foreign. And then the heel team are the faction of Samoans that dominate everything and their honorary Canadian Syrian uh Oos. Oos. <laughs> the, the Oh real, real quick this is the last bit I want to say. This is stuff specifically to this match, which is uh Pete Dunn got his fucking ass beat. That was pretty much his job the entire time. I mean butch after like the first ten minutes yeah I know it's butch but it's <laughs> but like Maybe they can call him Butch Dunn. Can you do that? Can we can we meet in the middle? Dunny Butch. Pete Butch. <laughs> but uh Ridge Holland is a fucking hoss, man. Like he, mm-hmm. he kinda he kind of impressed me in that match. He can yeah. go. <laughs> you know who impressed me in the match? Uh two two bits. So first off, I, I I don't want to forget to say this first. The architecture they used for their war games. Very good. It's very clean. No, none of that shit where there's like gaps where people could fall into holes and shit. Like they, they put the, uh, um, the grating down between the rings. So it's very easy to step and stuff like that. Did somebody fall in that crack one time? Um, I think they did when they did one of the early ones, but what I'm comparing it to is with blood and guts went over. So the, the war games equivalent AEW they oh, haven't yeah. been using things like that, and people have gotten injured falling through shit like that. Well, yeah, Brian uh, got stuck in there and fucking, yeah, they couldn't get him out for a Yeah, while. he got stuck, and then, um, who was it, Santana or Ortiz? One of them injured themselves. Uh, Jesus. But, yeah, so that was a mess, but uh, Solo Sokoa looked good in this match, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's been coming off real well, too. He's been coming off like a badass, and they're pushing him that way. Sammy broke him, by the way. He was the last fucking uh, bloodline that didn't laugh, and he finally broke him. Finally broke fucking yeah. solo. 
Uh, that's another thing. Jay and Sammy's interplay through the whole match was good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the payoff, man, at the end, oh. he finally fucking accepted him. Hey, I he know, gave, right? The feels. He Ugh. gave him the big bro hug. He fucking lifted him up. He was like, yeah, fucking yeah. Like, dude, that <laughs> shit. Like, I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yep, that's good. That's that's all I got for it. Yeah. So. We said we were going to do a little bit. We ended up doing 40 minutes. So well, Survivor Series hey. is more interesting. Yes. Hey, that's why that's why we're doing this shit after we review. That way we're fresh for the reviews. Mm-hmm. It is. See, yep. we, we, I feel like we live it back up except for, for, well, I was okay, but Chaz was tired, but then he would get untired and then he got tired again. Dude, oh, I'm Kurt- fine. I, I just yawn a lot. I'm good. Yeah, dude, your Kurt Angle thing is... Per- I think I injured my rib. It still fucking hurts. <laughs> I caused an injury. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to, like, fucking, like, pause my video because I had to stretch out my fucking fat so that it, like, could unhook or something. <laughs> Got tangled up in there. Yeah, but anyway, guys. Remember Halloween Havoc. Oh man. Uh I hope it's not like three hours. I hope it's like an hour or two. Spin the wheel, make a deal. Mm. Is that a thing? Is, are they doing that? Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Last time we watched, that's how they advertised it. I, for, I forgot all about that. Okay. Now this isn't the classic one. Ninety two is the classic one. That's the coal miners golf one. I just watched that not too long ago. Holy shit, what a spectacle that was. Is that but, the one where they had the electrified fucking cage thing too? No, that that might be this one. I don't think it's this one because Abdullah the Butcher was in that match. Oh, oh that might be something different than I. But it wasn't. It wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that uh, Halloween Havoc. I think that was an earlier one then. It could have All been. Right. Yeah, it was different. But uh, but yeah, ninety three has a spin the wheel make a deal. But I think they learned their lesson this time. I don't think it's a live spin the wheel. I think they actually control it this time. So I'll I'll pretty much quickly say out the card. Um, six man tag team match: Charlie Norris, Ice Train, and the Shockmaster versus Har- Harlem Heat and the Equalizer. So they uh, are Harlem Heat officially now. Uh, no, it still says Kane and Cole. Just somebody put Harlem Heat because still got yeah. Their slave yeah. Uh, <laughs> single match: uh, Paul Orndorff, uh with the Assassin versus Ricky Steamboat. Oh God! Oh God! With the Assassin. Yeah. Oh, man. Can we just retcon and call Kane and Cole the Underground Railroad until they become Harlem Heat? Yes. Uh, <laughs> WCW <laughs> World Television Title Match: Lord Steven Regal with Sir William versus Davy Boy Smith. That's that's probably gonna be a good match. That could be, be a cooking. good match. Uh, We're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking, we're cooking, they cooking. We need uh, to find a clip of that where he's he's going on that fucking rant. We're cooking, Sting's cooking. I'm cooking. <laughs> oh, WCW United States Heavyweight Title Match: Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin. Oh fuck! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, isn't isn't this where he wins? Steve Austin wins the title from him. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, WCW World Tag Team Title Match: Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell with Teddy Long. Finally, two Rookie of the Year. Yep, uh, versus the Nasty Boys uh, with Missy Hyatt. Uh, then singles match: We have Sting versus Sid Vicious. Yes. Uh, so that that's a good match too. Uh, WCW International World. <laughs> Wait, a title with special guest referee Terry Taylor. Um, 
is Ric Flair with Fifi versus Rick Rude. So we get another rematch. That's going to be a good one. Look forward to that. Non-title, spin the wheel, make the deal, <laughs> Texas death match between Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader. That's oh, good. Ooh, yeah. That, yeah, that's going to be good. This card sounds good when you lay it out that way. Like yeah. other than yeah. like one match is like the, the first matches were the only one that sounded like really questionable to me. And Paul Horndorf, probably. Who is he fighting? I mean, he's facing Ricky Steamboat, but oh, I, it's probably he's the assassin. Yeah. At least decent. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Paul a chance incoming. Paul. Mm hmm. So remember, guys, to watch that. And then also, we're going to have our award show. So until next time, everybody, remember to get some color. Stay Thanks Uzi. for watching, brother. Usi. Usi hot. Claude Angle. <laughs>